Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through, wait, yeah, waiting through 20 years of, of bugs and piss. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Fen. My pronouns are Fayfair. And joining me is... <laughs> I'm your co-host, Ben Enns. My pronouns are she, they. Also joining us is once and future guest... I'm, I'm Marin. I'm back. My pronouns are she, they, and Viver. And for the first time, the Shira Defender has logged on to Fate Moon Archive. I'm Catherine. I've had Type Moon did brain poisoning for 10 years. I'm a longtime Shira Defender and Shira Kotamine Shipper. My pronouns are she, her. That's right. For the first time, we're joined by two guests uh-huh. for the Heaven's Feel finale. Marin was once on for the uh, have, uh, uh, Melty Blood episode that, for the Melty Blood game that we all hated. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, you're new. Yeah. Yeah. We're, us, us hosts are no longer, we can't outnumber the guests. It's terrifying. You can't bully the guests anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can bully whoever I want. We are covering day 16 of Heaven's Feel and both, both epilogues. Yes. Yes, it would I, be weird to not do both. I, I was going to say, actually, there are three ends in what we're covering, but no. it's There are two epilogues. There are three endings. Mm. Um, But before we get there, we have some drinks to sip and other media to cover. I don't have any Let's go. I just have some yogurt. I had some yogurt a minute ago, and that's just going to have to get me through this day. <laughs> I have some... Uh, fake eggnog waiting in the Ooh. like store-bought lactose-free eggnog waiting Hell in the yeah. fridge for later. That is, eggnog is my one like guilty pleasure around this time of year. Mm-hmm. Just love. I don't it, even really eggnog's know so is. good. What is in eggnog? Is egg in eggnog? Yes. yes. Egg, <laughs> milk, spices, spices, yes. and spices. <laughs> Depending Add spices to taste, and then if you're making it yourself. Uh, about a gallon of alcohol. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're not doing that one, though. No. No. I, this is, We've got too much have, stuff to do for I you have, to get turned off of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I have complained in the past about missing like the taste of alcohol, even if I don't miss drinking. Mm-hmm. And this is also true with eggnog. Mm-hmm. It adds a nice like bite to it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I'm, I'm a very simple drinker. Water, Coke, milk. <laughs> All mixed together, or no, 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 all 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 separately. (laughs) I did see a thing. Mix it together in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I did see a thing where Pepsi's trying to get Pepsi and milk mixed together started, Ah, and I'm not really sure why. Oh, uh, Uh, my grand, my grandmother used to make that, so it it's quite nice, actually. Why I should put Neko Arc on the bottle? Why is I was about why, to say Neko Arc is, is the only <laughs> reason I know of Pilk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, let's go it roughly in order of worst to best. Oh, wait, did anyone I... here like? Wait, wait. What's Marin got to say? Oops, sorry. I was gonna. I have. I have tea. I have a nice uh-huh. hojicha, which is a roasted Japanese green tea. This one's roasted by hand in a little clay pot, and it's very good. Awesome. You're the one who always brings fancy teas. Yeah. Oh, now I want. <laughs> it, like, quote, unquote, me. always. 
your once and future guest, so I'm talking about all the future times you oh, also yes. bring. Oh, yes, I will always bring a tea. You exist outside of time bringing tea. I'm just like Saber. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I will always, I, yeah, I will. I'll always bring a nice little tea. Um... Okay. If you ever bring a repeat tea, though, we're kicking you off the podcast immediately. Oh, fuck. <laughs> dear, DM, the me, dear, DM me that moment, all seven. <laughs> add, you have to start keeping track of the teas on your website as well. Uh-huh. Please okay. don't let anyone know I haven't updated that spreadsheet since oh, geez. the beginning of Heaven's Feel. Fan, thank you <laughs> the fans who pay attention to that spreadsheet yeah no one's no one's talked to me so i assume that no one is paying attention to it but it is nice to have like a record of all the stuff that we covered for sure okay let's again we we have a list of four four things somehow your et time ended up being four things two of those quite short Mm -hmm. but uh i just brought a thing that i happened to watch yeah um i'm not gonna talk about it that much but it was fun I I just decided to look at my film list and pick out something that looked interesting. Yeah. I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Mistakes, <laughs> Catherine. Yeah, it happens. I've brought clunkers before. Yeah. That's a lie. Everything I bring is solid. Yeah, Fen, Fen only brings bangers. I bring clunkers. <laughs> oh. we're, we're united spiritually as the clunker bringers. Catherine, do you want to tell us... Give us a short description of Celine. Sure, I will. Uh, I, I can I do a bit and try to do it in like five sentences. Hell yeah! Real okay, quick, this is Celine, nineteen ninety two. Yes, the two thousand eight Celine Dion biopic. What is <laughs> uh the director of Celine? Celine is Celine is a nineteen ninety two French drama film written and directed by. Uh, please don't kill me for my bad French. Jean Claude Brissot. Um, it is, it is a drama romance sort of film about a woman who tries to kill herself after she finds out that she's adopted. Uh, she's, she's found by a nearby nurse and the two of them try to recover her, make her so she can live life again. And they do this kind of by making her like by making Celine the nursing assistant basically okay that's two sentences sentence 3 um Celine becomes Jesus i don't know how else to put this <laughs> but she has spiritual healing powers that attract the attention of the local populace Celine decides to leave decides to leave Guinevere, the nurse, uh, and basically go join a convent and teach kids in China. Uh, Guinevere, the nurse, kind of just reconnects with the dude she knows, and she's living a better life now because of Celine, and they'll see each other when they die. That's the film. What what was the point at which everyone uh, everyone gave up on Celine? <laughs> okay. Like ten minutes so, in. okay so i think i lasted a good while because i was like 
up until the film kind of very explicitly went into the like mystical Christian, you know, um, being vanquished by the light of God. Yes, uh, up until the film explicitly went in that direction, which is like, um, Guinevere's like friend comes over to take them to a movie, and Celine's like, no, I don't want to go in the car, I want to bike there. And Guinevere's like, ah, oh, you're being a bit of a pain, but sure, we'll bike there. And uh, on their way, they find out that said friend, I think his name is Gerard, or I watched some... It's one of the guys. The guys in this film are not very memorable. Um, Gerard is his... the guy who lives. Okay, Gerard is the guy who lives. Is it Roland or Lucen? I have no idea. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, so basically, on their way biking to the cinema, they find that his car crashed. And I look at this moment, I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird. Kind of goes against what the tone of this film has been up to this point. It's a bit silly, but we'll keep going. Um, then, I then when it just got into like explicitly like, oh, she's like fucking healing the disabled, and the disabled guy has God, like <laughs> fucking <laughs> once he shows once he showed up and she was like meditating in the yard. I I messaged Ben. So I was watching this at like 2 30 in the morning. And was like, I swear to God, if she heals this disabled kid and he can just suddenly magically walk again, then I unpause the movie, and lo and behold. Yeah, I think that's the moment where this movie kind of just like utterly shits itself. I think that it's a kind of boring movie up till that point, and then it's like completely inexplicable. <laughs> Yeah. I, at one point I turned to Fen and I was just like, yep, this is really a French movie for sure. I think, okay, you turned to me and said, yeah, this is a French movie. The first time tits were on screen. Oops. Uh -huh. um, just, it was this inexplicable sex scene in the middle of it where the ghost of a, a guy who dumped her shows up to like have a sex scene with her. Uh -huh. All he does is just French grab movies. her boob. Yeah, <laughs> love to have scenes where like ugly dudes take their shirt off. <laughs> I okay. Yeah, I will say, I didn't. I did not. It is a good question when I gave up on this uh -huh. because I don't know that I was ever. <laughs> yeah, I I was like, okay, fine, I will watch this. Uh, uh -huh. We've talked about wanting to watch more movies. Yes, for the pod. I was like, we'll see where this goes, I guess. The uh I think the moment the moment that I was like, okay, really, was the car crash. Okay. Um and I was like, okay. Again, this is like halfway, two thirds of the way through the movie. Yeah, something movie like that. Very much just like long shots of like them doing yoga in the forest outside the house and like just nothing going on <laughs> something okay, we to forgot to fair. mention is that yes. she becomes jesus through <laughs> meditating and doing yoga yes that's the like that's the really stupid bit that just kills it for me because like i'm i'm a spiritual person i can get behind a spiritual movie but this was like do your yoga and meditate spiritualism yeah, the, and that shit just turns me off 
of a but thing. The, the the nurse is like, yeah, actually, I saw something when doing yoga too, and it scared me, and I said to stop. <laughs> but this film is secretly about the ecclesiastical dangers of yoga. <laughs> well, no, it's not, because she just rejected the yoga because she was a coward and, like, emotionally unfulfilled. You have to embrace the yoga. <laughs> the doctor that the nurse is fucking is the doctor who, when she was depressed and suicidal, taught her about yoga and meditation and gave her mantras to say to keep her mind yeah. busy. And that cured her, so she decided to fuck the guy. I think... I think that the point at which I was, like, <laughs> completely done, fed up with this movie was probably when the uh, kid who uses a wheelchair that yes. the nurse is seeing wrote this bizarre... Yes. <laughs> And like fan fiction about her and her girl. <laughs> we talked about her modest. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to see their bare, pale breasts. That was that. I was like, I was bored, and I was like, this movie is bad. These women have no chemistry. There's like, it's also like, I don't care about the bullshit healing powers of nature. Um, and and then. That she went to see her patient, who's like a young kid, maybe like a teen, maybe like twenty. Um, and when she was driving away, he like gave her a poem to read in the car, and it read it with his narration as like the music started to swell, and he's like talking about wanting to see their tits, and like, and then it cuts from that into a montage of them doing yoga and her seeing clients that goes on for like five minutes <laughs> and i was like I, I, Man. If, I, if i had the bit on me i would i i still have the film on me <laughs> should i read the should i read the fucking letter for the listeners yes okay okay i need to i need to find it in the film line again I, I need to find it in the film. Is it before or after the car crash? Does anyone remember? Before. Okay, okay, I can find this. Um, yo. Well, well, Kimmy Catherine is is finding uh, that poem. This movie tests my ability to read uh, lesbian romance into basically any situation. <laughs> yes. And really just is like, Oh right, subtext is something that you can write intentionally and doesn't have to be purely invented by the, mm -hmm. the viewer. I I don't know. I think this film is like fifty fifty on if it's like kind of gay or not. I think like, I, it, it is a it is a movie where Celine and the nurse get married at the end via astral projection. Yes, yes. I would still call it zero percent gay. <laughs> yes, it's like the most fucking sexless, passionless movie. It's, there's zero chemistry between these two women. They're like wooden boards who live together. Yeah, it's okay. Because the end of that bit is. Oh wow, she had this spiritual moment with this girl who she's destined to be with, and now she can finally get married to this ugly guy. Yeah, okay. The guy calls her and she's just like, yes. Okay, I've uh, I found this incredible monologue that I am now going to read out for the audience. <laughs> Beauties, you both walk pure, made so by this hideous, ungrateful world. You are sisters. 
you are virgins. As candles on an altar burst into flames, your soul's flames are on your brows. Uh, so going... Beauties, I would like to see your round arms, your bosoms, and your hips emerge from the white gals. Beauties, I would like to see your naked breasts, your charming, modest, innocent feet, and I would like to see your shoulders, beauties, to see where your wings were. <laughs> okay, I think that I think that's the whole thing. <laughs> it's really incredible. Her <laughs> this poem when she reads it is great because she like reads it so quickly and then just kind of like folds it up and just drives away as fast. And as there's can. like some weird okay. handcrafted like <laughs> demon cross thing folded in the poem. I think it's like flowers. Folded. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a flower cross. No, to be fair, if I got that poem, I would also drive away as fast as I humanly could. I, yeah, I would be like, you need to find another fucking nurse, bro. Uh, we did neglect to mention that this this movie opens on an Egyptian like hieroglyph or yes. yeah it's a monologue by this kid yeah. talking about how cool ancient egypt was and how he wishes he was an ancient egyptian <laughs> yeah uh, I, I thought, started off I thought on the wrong that, foot right away i thought that was weird but that i, I was like okay you know what films there's a film start weird sometimes uh-huh they've got time to pick themselves up and like i like the core premise right like i like the idea of a girl who you know tries to kill herself and she's taken care of by this nurse who also like has a history of kind of depression and you know and like they bond and that's like on paper that is a good movie that is the fucking cinema it's all for uh, seven minutes (laughs) okay to be fair it cuts so fast it's fascinating okay real quick I know that on, people online have bad opinions. Yes. But this movie is a 4.0. Yes, on letter. On letterboxed. Oh, wait, no, that's not out of 10. That's out of 5. Or, sorry, out of 5. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? What's it going? Wow. I, I gave it a 3 because I like the premise and I think the film looks pr- like it looks pretty and up until... Uh, up until it goes into the like really wacky yoga spiritualism shit like full in it's kind of watchable so i was like okay three <laughs> that's stars that's a three to you okay you know what you're right i i'm <laughs> i'm bumping it down to a two thank you i just my my rating system is usually uh based on how much i would like to revisit the film someday <laughs> no <laughs> revisiting this one again if I, if I wanted to watch, like, a mopey French movie that's kind of gayish, I there are so many options. There are so oh, many options. I, I gotta read this, like, one paragraph fake pretentious letterbox review. Can I do that? <laughs> vanished, vanished souls and astronaut gods, a study in the new to, in the new toe <laughs> motions of grace through the world its restless flow and the allurial hollows it carves in its shape it is learned through practices of cares not for ourselves 
but for others, that we might unlearn our trite miseries, what we seek to create is a vast, lovely emptiness within ourselves, a desert and a beach, but grace is a hard thing to bear, and the miracles that attend it are as pernious as the world itself, a comforting touch, expanded from across the expanse, a wedding ring, and the promise of a death without loneliness. We follow Selene, and the world fills with a warm light. Never be afraid again. Five stars. <laughs> it would be even funnier if that was like two stars. <laughs> but, um, I watched a different movie. Okay, here's my high point for the movie. Here's my high point for the movie. When yeah. the nurse is on the phone uh, trying to hurry a guy up while she watches Celine pour gasoline on a car full of yes. fire. <laughs> and just comes down and kind of watches her. Yeah. Yes, I, that's the best part of the movie. The download of the movie that I have opens with a five-minute video essay about the movie <laughs> by some French dude um, that I like watched a minute of, and he was talking about uh, return to nature, uh, spiritual women, and I was like, okay, fuck off. But I, I just want to watch the movie. Uh, I think, why would you not? Same thing, uh, longer. Yeah. Why would um, Why would you not put that at the end? Is well, like I'm like, why do you put that? No, put it's, that baff- it's really baffling. I was kind of I'm pretty confused. Um, and then only, like the only explanation I can think of is that is just how the the files are laid out on a DVD that someone. That's read. my thought as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, like went from that like fully into like the the like logos for the production companies and everything. So it really felt like that was it was just a full DVD rip that they didn't separate out. Yeah. Okay, um, that that makes sense. Yeah, my I think I would give this movie a one or a two because if uh, I wasn't watching it for the podcast, I would have stopped. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm so I'm so sorry. I hope you'll forgive me. Oh yeah, no, 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 sometimes no. you watch a movie and it just sucks. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, it we is. had a fun conversation about it, and that's really yeah. all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Think- one thing I do want to touch on is that the in the first like twenty to thirty minutes of this movie, the nurse who like also had it, like you know, was also had this depression and feeling of emptiness. She talks about how like what helped her get through it was realizing that other people were worse off than her, and she kind of has this like very like do the grind set mentality to fixing Celine's problem. And I was expecting the film to like critically interrogate this. (laughs) And it does, but not in the way I'd like. It it does it does by saying that it's not Jesus-y enough. Okay, one more thing that I did like. I did like when she was talking to Celine when Celine was really depressed and she was like, your misery is pedestrian and boring just like everyone else's. That's a good monologue. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the movie, I really do think you could make a good movie with this premise. They just didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think one other thing that'd be good to mention is that Jean-Claude Brousseau is a convicted sex creep. Um, oh Christ! I didn't know. In like in two thousand, in the early two thousands, uh, multiple women came forward uh, against him with 
allegations that he like coerced them into uh performing sex stuff on camera for him with the promise that he would give them roles in the movie. Um, he, then, he then made a movie then about made it. Made a movie about doing yeah. exactly. That. <laughs> yeah, which is the most insufferable fucking like. This is Woody Allen level shit. Uh-huh. Holy shit! I'm so sorry. I brought French Woody Allen to tea time. <laughs> this is. It's getting the stamp of not Yuri. <laughs> no, not, not Yuri. Despi- not not Yuri. Despite the fact that Spirit Jesus, who is a girl, puts a ring on your finger somehow. Yeah, like when Selena's leaving, then Genevieve is the nurse's name. She's like, "But you were my life," and I said out loud, "Since when?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, okay, not gonna lie, knowing about Jean-Claude Rousseau, I'm taking this down to one star. We started at three star. we started at three stars, and now we've ended at one. Speaking of better movies, hey Ben, do you have something for okay, us? Okay, 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 speaking of uh, gay French movies, Hell yeah. uh, this one's actually gay. Oh, this one's also gay and French? Yes, this one's also yeah. gay and French, and it's like made ten years earlier, and it's way better. <laughs> I watched uh, Gene Rollins' Living Dead Girl <laughs> with Heather the other day. Not specifically for this podcast. It just kind of happened to intersect. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a pretty good movie. I had a very fun time with this. I'm so Has excited Has anyone else here watch... seen this? I haven't seen no. it. I've seen several. I've seen three other Jean Roland movies. And he loves to make movies about uh, gay, sad vampire or vampire adjacent girls like he's been doing this shit since the 60s and incredible so let let me give you the picture so ben has brought french ikuhara (laughs) (laughs) so it has a pretty very funny inexplicable beginning because there's like a chateau in french where uh, an heiress died in accident she got buried in catacombs beneath the chateau and some grave robbers slash trash men (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dump a bunch of toxic waste into her catacomb while while grave robbing her and she comes back to life from the toxic race uh to the toxic waste and butchers them all fuck yes and uh she just kind of like stalks around in a white nightgown ga- covered in blood until her f- uh childhood friend who thought she was dead finds her and immediately finds out that she's a flesh-eating monster now and is like I'm going to protect her with my life. <laughs> so she just starts like trying to feed people to her and bathing her and taking care of her and saying that she loves her over and over again. Oh, this sounds incredible. We should have watched oh. this instead. Right? <laughs> no, there's a scene where she like realizes that the girl that her uh, dead girlfriend needs blood. And she just like carves her arm open and holds it out to her like five oh minutes God, after so she romantic. finds her. She's so ready for this. <laughs> incredible uh-huh uh-huh i i guess i won't spoil the ending so that, because no one's uh seen it but uh v- a very fun time i was like i can't believe this movie's doing this <laughs> that rules um, that rules so good like yeah jean Roland's movies my favorite of his movies is fascination which was like a couple of years before living dead girl i think mm-hmm. and like that period of his the way like there's just like melancholy 
cinematography mixed with like it's both with sad and deeply gay women uh-huh who are monsters is really good fun the 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 Oh. the the worst part of this movie is that there's a the, a prominently featured very annoying american tourist couple who are trying to unravel the mystery <laughs> but good news about what, what happens to them <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to say i think we can figure it out <laughs> shout outs to yamasusu for having the best american tourist couple yes shows to mike and his girlfriend who doesn't have a name <laughs> You gotta do the thing. <laughs> it's so funny. Every time I thing. remember that they exist, I think about how their dialogue has no relation to reality. <laughs> like, yeah. they, those are not sentences that anyone in the world would say. They're, they're things that you say to sound like, so that a non English speaking listener can like be like, oh yeah, I recognize a couple of words. That yeah. makes sense. English is happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, They're oh, the man, annoying American tourists up, affectionate. Yes. Hiking up Mount Fuji. Wow. Can't wait to get some sushi after this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bit at the top where they all just yell bonsai is, yeah. is incredible. And then they they uh, leave and they're like, that wasn't so bad. We've conquered tougher mountains. <laughs> Uh, speaking of melancholy gay girls who are down real bad, <laughs> uh, a while ago, I made a joke in our Crying Rules server about covering the Kitakawa ASMR for this podcast. I can't believe they Drama made Kitakawa CD time. ASMR. <laughs> I'm uh, so happy they made Kitakawa ASMR. It's really an inspired choice. It it's is. an inspired choice that it's recorded uh, with like a bioral microphone rather than as a straight up drama CD. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so, and I think I don't somehow, uh, Marin, you were like, hey, let me be on that episode. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to listen to it and talk about it. <laughs> um, and so that's what we did. Uh, <laughs> should we recap what uh, Kitakawa is? In case people haven't heard that episode, it's been a while. Kitanai Kimi ga Ichiban Kawaii is one of the best manga ever written. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you want to give us the, the rundown? Um, Actually, this is technically Marin's thing. Marin, yeah. do you want to give us a rundown on the early parts of Kitakawa? Oh, God. Um... Just a brief description. Okay. You can't two, do it. I can leave it to fat. Two, two girls in high school. I and Hina, uh, they have a, they're like very different social casts in their classroom, uh, but after school, they meet up in the science lab of their school to do, like, various kink situations. Uh, pretty intense which, scenes, too. Pretty intense scenes for which they definitely uh, do not have a safe word. Um, and haven't <laughs> talked about safety in any way, uh, and are like in this. It's a very like mutually codependent and destructive relationship. Um, with I <sighs> wanting to do this specifically to hurt Hinako, and Hinako enjoyed this because it makes her feel like uh, she's the only one that I cherishes and can be herself with. Mm -hmm. yeah i was uh, yeah 
I will say that like it is the interesting part of kink in fiction is that yeah I I believe based on things that happen later they absolutely don't have a safe word and like have not talked about safety but like that is mm-hmm. part of that's part of the draw yes is yeah oh it's fiction they don't need a safe word mm-hmm. we don't need to show a whole drawn out thing because right. the whole the whole bit is that um yeah this is this is what it, this is one version of what you could want a scene to be is mm-hmm. oh Idy's never going to go too far. Uh, yeah. She's dancing on that line. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the, their, 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 their scenes are about going up to the line of going too far. Yeah. Of someone dying. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so this, the ASMR set is, it starts with like a drama CD introduction, basically. This is in Japanese. I understood where I was in the comic and was able to recreate about where we were based on my memory, you know, mm-hmm. and of yeah. the words that I recognized. Uh, and then it's like a set of recreations of the scenes from the, cause the, the first part of the manga is like a series of kink scenes. Basically mm-hmm. Irie gets an idea and then does a, a, <laughs> a terrifying version of it to yeah. Hina. Yeah. Think of the week. And then it oh, ends, oh. it cuts early before that part of the comic ends and does some like ear cleaning, ear licking uh things with each <laughs> of the girls instead of what actually happens in the manga. I I it's fascinating. I didn't finish those. Did they do the baby chapter? They did Yo, the baby they chapter. Did the baby yeah! chapter. Of everything, they cut the scissors. I know. I was like, where did the scissors go? They I did the blindfold the whole part, time. I got the scissors. I I hope they I hope they did the line the uh, you sexy baby. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's a line in that chapter. I, I didn't catch it, but like they did the whole thing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, lots I, of I sucking even... noises in that chapter. Lots of sucking noises. <laughs> they expanded on all of the chapters that they covered because uh-huh. there's like not enough dialogue to cover the they also did like internal monologue stuff yeah Mm -hmm. scenes ranged from like six to ten minutes ish yeah um and so yeah there's a lot of like additional dialogue added uh Uh it's it's interesting asmr not really a thing for me Uh uh-huh um but also like i've i i don't think i've listened to like a drama cd before Mm -hmm. and so it was like it it is interesting hearing characters act out what's going on. Uh, sometimes it's funny more than anything. Uh-huh. Uh, God, she really does the like do her best to be a baby in that baby scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I've got I've got to listen to that one once some, I get off pod. Some of the sound effects did are like they commit to having like you know there's sounds for crunching a bug. There's sounds for puke coming out. And for piss the coming down, piss hitting the ground. Yeah. There's also a very funny little like for when I drinks the piss, <laughs> which oh, Kitakawa. Then you you know what this did do? It made me go like I should read Kitakawa again. Yes. Yeah, I I I should definitely read Kitakawa again. I want to. It's probably um, never getting an English release, but I tempted to hit up CD Japan yeah. for those Tonka. Vons. I am. Cons- 
someone said that it has sold 250k copies in Shit. Japan. Nice. Yeah, which uh, is truly bonkers to me. It's yeah, like, but it feels anti- like the antithesis of what like Americans would like. Yes, is the th- is the mm-hmm. problem. It is the thing of like, oh, this is yeah. It is apparently like that. That's very popular for Yuri. Yes, is about 50k copies per volume yeah does your um, average american yuri fan who has bloom into you on their bookshelf have no with all can you <laughs> imagine the discourse Kitakawa and not uh be like shocked and horrified by it no i can't account discourse would be the funniest thing on earth <laughs> it would be uh, problematic that i strangled <laughs> this girl and almost dropped her out a window <laughs> damn damn you don't know actually i think if you think that you hate neurodivergent people do not interact Tina is literally neurodivergent and a minor the thing the thing about Kitakawa is that it convinced me that puking is moe you're so right Um, I don't think it's inherently but I think you can be right fan uh, the things I will say is Mostly in black and white, and uh, in in written or drawn works. I don't yeah. need I don't need detailed descriptions of it. I cannot stand the sound of someone oh, puking. God. No, and no, and no. we and we don't need like a realistic looking puke. That's not no. no no. But the way that Manio draws it, and there are multiple times when a character pukes in Kitakawa, <laughs> yeah. is. It's everything. It frequently uh-huh. involves this is... their girlfriend cuddling them afterwards. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is the the puking scenes in Kitakawa are the like ideological opposite of the Himeno puke kiss scene from Chainsaw Man. <laughs> You're so right. Um I don't know if I don't know if any of you have heard Manio's voice. It's so funny cuz it's just this like normal like honestly cute Japanese lady voice. And I'm just yes. like, it's I'm such sure. a contrast to, to her material. It's I so wonderful. To her playing Valorant, I think. She plays Valorant. What? She's, <laughs> Hell yeah. Gamer. She's, oh, yeah. she's a neat gamer. Um, uh, and yeah, it was a I real gotta, like... Is she on Twitch? Oh, yeah. She, yeah. Uh-huh. She's I on gotta Twitch. find her. What? Send me this link. Um, I will have to dig through my follows and find her. But uh, yeah, as as Catherine says, it was a real like, oh yeah, you're just like a nice Japanese lady. <laughs> Plays yeah, video just games a person. About- <laughs> yeah, uh, an incredible, lovely person. Like I, I would have sleepovers at her house twice a week. <laughs> the the funniest bit to me is that she has a very public friendship with the um. The summer you were there, uh, mangaka. Mm. Hell yeah! Uh, they like retweet each other's posts and talk about like hanging out together. Cute, uh, cute. Which rules. is like, oh yeah. Could I feel like those two manga very different vibes? Okay, but <laughs> I feel like the girl who is a writer in the summer you were there probably writes stuff like Monio, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Pro- she yeah. like writes really angsty suicide stuff, right? Yeah. <sighs> wrote wrote the one story she did yeah Yeah. (laughs) quite literally yeah 
Uh, speaking of Monio, a couple of months ago, she started a new series Hell called yeah. Aishita Bundake Aishita Hoshi. Yeah. Which roughly translated as, I want you to love me as much as I love you, right? Yeah, I just I just want you to love me as much as I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> different and, vibe from the, from the jump, but still very fun. It, I Different vibe in the sense that it is adults. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think yeah. and they're they're awful people in a different way from anyone in Kitakawa. Yes. They're still awful people. <laughs> yeah, Kitakawa is like so any like broad analysis of Kitakawa really has to take like into account how much it's based in like school cast fiction. Mm-hmm. So anything that's like set outside of a school will kind of inevitably feel very different cuz yeah. Kitakawa just would not function if it wasn't Kitakawa in a school. Is, Kitakawa is framing that particular kind of like feral sociopathy that kids can have, like in a children of the corn sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not, I, I, not involving the devil or whatever. Uh, I think I think you're probably the first person to have mentioned children of the corn and Kitakawa in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> kids can be fucking terrifying. Sometimes kids have bad vibes. Sometimes the kid just has bad vibes. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, I t- I just made a joke to Fen about how that entire class, Kitakawa class, is going to be dead before they graduate. Yeah. God. Um. Luckily, classes get shuffled every year. So, <laughs> whatever um, classes got the the friend girl who was spying on them. God. <laughs> Would that, that oh yeah, just, yeah we can't yeah, uh, yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> no okay then okay. um, give us a rundown of I should yeah talk. so there are only two chapters of it but we're be- translating it <laughs> because we were talking about the kitakawa asmr i was like oh we should also talk about her new series um and because no one else took up this duty it seems hard to translate we we decided or okay so here's the thing we wanted to have marin on Mm-hmm. to talk about the asmr and also the new series and so i was like well we have to translate it for marin because marin doesn't speak japanese uh i don't really either i i have some some understanding <laughs> of japanese i would say it was a lot of work to translate these two chapters mm-hmm. although god it was great practice mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so i ended up translating it uh like yeah translating um and then, and then to Ben, I was like, "Hey, what if, <laughs> what if we just like put this up somewhere? What if we just scan this?" Um, and so tentatively, we're scan, we're doing a crying rule scans. Yeah, for just yeah. this. Yeah. So, if you are like, "Damn, I really wish that I could read this alongside the pod," uh, then hey, stay tuned. We It'll- probably won't be talking about uh it until it's done right? yeah. We, yeah we will wrap back around to this i meant like if you want to read these first two chapters and you don't speak japanese mm-hmm. uh stay tuned we'll we'll post somewhere mm-hmm. when we're when it's up uh and you can read it uh and yeah so if you want to skip to the main episode and re-listen to this little section so what is Aishita? but Aishita, Aishita, i don't think that there's a good shortening of this ii <laughs> maybe oh. um it is about a uh a neat 
named uh Nana. Nana. Um she is living at home with her parents. Uh the her only redeeming feature is that she has a lot of Twitter followers. She's cute. She's cute. Physically cute. She's cute. She has a lot of Twitter followers. Uh she doesn't believe that she's cute. So every selfie that she uploads is heavily edited. Uh she makes plans to meet up with two of her friends. Mm-hmm. Online friends. Online. She doesn't have any IRL friends. Yes, right. She dropped out of college because she couldn't make any friends. Um or dropped out before making any friends. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh yeah. Um so she meets up with them and is really nervous because as it turns out not everyone online heavily doctors their photos, their selfies before uploading them. And so she's really self-conscious about like, oh no, they're going to think I'm the worst person. I'm like or that like, oh, I'm so fat and like, oh, I'm not nearly as thin, cute. Girl. Um, and as it turns out, one of those two online friends brought uh, Tsukasa, uh, a friend of hers who has no other friends, apparently. Yeah. Tall, um, blue-haired butch. Yeah. Tall, blue-haired butch. Uh, Nana's like a little uh, blonde-haired, lolita, like, fan- uh, frilly-dressed kind of character. Yes. <laughs> character kind of person. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, because it is a, like, girls' night out, they end up at a love hotel where they have uh, porn on in the background, and they're just like, oh, man, this guy's, like, grunting <laughs> is too much. And they're, like, watching they're, like, clowning on some <laughs> Yeah, there's some great scenes. Um, but girls nights out in love hotels didn't come to my attention until dress up darling but it's a very funny concept uh-huh um but then they play the the king game and um one of one of nana's friends wins and says okay i want you two to kiss and uh nana is overwhelmed and is like Oh, kissing on a first date or like the first time we meet, that's that's way too much. The girl too. Of course Tsukasa thinks it's too much as well. She's just gonna like kiss me on the cheek. And then Tsukasa just full on on the lips and then a lot of tongue. Two pages of tongue. (laughs) Yeah. She's uh goes for it. As as Tsukasa breaks off the kiss. Nana is in love. <laughs> it's so funny to watch the friends like get increasingly like uncomfortable in the background. Yeah. yeah. It it opens on the the first color page is the friends in the background ch- chanting kiss kiss kiss. Uh and then yeah, um and then Sukasa brings like yeah, they go to sleep and it's the next day and her friends are leaving and Sukasa's like I'll like stick around for a little longer. Nana I want to beg her to stay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I you wanna, can't go. I want to play with you a little more. Um, and they end up at a love hotel and have sex. And what else happens? Uh, they're going to get lunch. And right, right. Sukasa gets a call. Uh, and Nana's like, oh, that must be her parents or something. And nope, it's uh, it's Sukasa's girlfriend. Hell yeah. <laughs> And uh, Tsukasa's like, well, sorry, I'll catch you later. Gets in a car and leaves. You know, just instantly. Uh, and Nana is left alone going, wait, one sec. What? 
what just happened? Um, a the other part of Nana's plot in chapter one is that she's thinking about setting up a porn site, like an OnlyFans kind. Of. Um, yeah, an OnlyFans is the vibe because she doesn't have money and doesn't want to work for money. Um, what was her job history again? Okay, job history. Uh, one month at a manga cafe. Uh, she went on one compensated date. Uh, and it was a real, like, awful guy. And, oh, she applied to be a hostess, but was late for the interview. And so didn't even, <laughs> didn't, didn't even get an interview. Oh, she's the best. She's, she's such so a much. pathetic person. <laughs> yep, she sucks <laughs> so much. Uh, only, the only person who sucks more is probably Tsukasa, who, uh keeps nana wrapped around her little finger <laughs> yes chapter two is uh entirely phone conversations between the two yeah. which is cute yeah it's a great mm -hmm. like framing device of um we get to see various parts of the day uh there's one where they're on call while they fall asleep mm -hmm. um there's a variety of stuff covered like um uh oh right right the end of chapter one is uh tsukasa or nana being like wait she said she would contact me but we didn't exchange contact info how is she gonna get in touch with me and then she's followed by the best at i've seen <laughs> in manga <laughs> neat darkness <laughs> neat darkness that's incredible um neat gaming neat gamer and then is they, just a description they, so yeah. true and they, they dm for a bit and uh and so yeah chapter two is like phone conversations between the two they talk about like games that they're playing and that kind of stuff uh, eventually they get to the girlfriend yeah they get to the girlfriend and uh tsukasa has the best expressions of like some real like uh uh scummy smirks and like yeah. oh yeah i've got you right where i want you uh Tsukasa, playing into what Nana hopes is happening, talks about how, well, yeah, I have a girlfriend, but she's really crazy, and she's really, like, clingy, and, uh, like, takes all my time. Uh, all of these are also traits of Nana, <laughs> but uh, somehow... Uh, Tsukasa's like, she says things like, "Give, I want all of your time, and Nana's, like, in her head... Well, that's expected, but I wouldn't say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that is out loud. Does she say that? I might be wrong. She says she says I wouldn't say it out loud in that in that bubble. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I don't know why she would say that to Sukasa who she's trying to seduce. <laughs> yeah. Um there's there's a great scene where uh Nana Googles like if someone complains about their lover, <laughs> does that mean that they want to break up? <laughs> Does that mean, or it's like, does that mean that they have interest in you and yes. finds Google results that say, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And then, uh, there's an extended phone sex scene, mm -hmm. which is fun because, uh, Nana doesn't believe that phone sex exists. She's like, wait, that's real? That's not an <laughs> urban really legend? Ah, <laughs> uh, Nana's wonderful. 
She's so innocent. Yeah. For like a 20-year-old girl who has had boyfriends and like physical relationships before, she's somehow still so easy to manipulate. Yeah, it is. It's fun. Um, I also read uh, what is available of My Girlfriend's Not Here Today or Kyoa Kanojo ga Inai Kara, I think is the real title. Um, another classic cheating manga because classic ongoing yeah because Aishita Aishita is uh, is also NTR that's not the that's not the uh, focus of it I think I would say the focus is on how these two are awful people in different ways uh-huh. of like Nana can't let anyone see her for who she is she has to it has to be through like photos that she heavily edits um the end of chapter two is her finally actually setting up that that only fans and then heavily editing and then heavily editing that all of her it's such a bleak final uh, panel yeah you know, she's so small and she's like researching weight loss surgeries yeah, and within all this the stuff. First, yes within the first chapter like she's yeah it's it is sh- it's just telling that good. she doesn't she doesn't uh she doesn't google diets she Googles like, oh, what are like medical uh, solutions to this problem? Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. So she is in a rough place. And Tsukasa just seems like the most manipulative person alive. Huh. They have cute moments. But then some. whenever like Nana shows weakness, Tsukasa just like gets this eerie smile on her face. So yeah. I will say this is the, Kitakawa has a handful of sex scenes, mm-hmm. like three or four. Uh, all of them are stomach turning. Uh-huh. Just like, no, the two of you should not be having sex here. And not because you're going to get caught, but because of neither of you are like in a place to give consent to this. It's really uncomfortable. Uh, it's weird reading this and going, oh, these sex scenes are like cute and warm. And <laughs> <Yeah>. like, uh, <laughs> I'm not used to it. <sighs> um, Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're wrong and maybe it is just nice fun maybe manio was tired of sad stuff after kitakawa and decided to write something nice the first chapter does herald this as the beginning of a new era of menhera love comics <laughs> uh menhera being like slang for like a uh crazy person harder than crazy uh-huh like a lunatic, I guess. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, is it like really an derogatory of mental health? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is how the per, like uh, uh like uh translation of this when it was first getting announced called it like a mental health focused manga without really understanding the nuance of what was being said. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say Menhera related to Yandere. Yeah. Mm. Um, could be a stalker, not necessarily, mm. but. Yeah gets into that territory of like oh i love you too much nana has huge stalker potential a Uh, million percent this is i'm i'm so excited if they go in that direction is tsukasa is setting up her girlfriend who may or may not exist uh as like a really like awful crazy person and so it's like okay is her girlfriend going to turn out to be the worst person in the world? Because, ooh, we really sure do have two contenders for it right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like her girlfriend's probably just, like, some nice girl who's kind of needy. Yeah. That would... uh Uh-huh. That would make sense. Uh, Real quick, 
uh, my girlfriend's not here today. Iwami and Kyoko continues to be a gift to the world. Yeah. Uh, it is truly just, um, I would highly, it is unfortunate because the first six chapters have a pretty decent scanlation and the, the rest of it really, it's rough out there. Uh, but it's, it is serviceable. It's worse than the Fate Stay Night translation, but it is serviceable for telling you basically what's going on. Um, I would highly recommend the, uh, I have, I can't remember. I've said on the podcast before that NTR is the best Yuri. You say it all the time, Ben. Um, It's your catchphrase. You're wearing the t-shirt right now. (laughs) I am wearing a, I'm not cheating on my girlfriend, but (laughs) NTR is the best Yuri. Sure. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. My girlfriend isn't here today. Continues to be incredible. Just like. A real fun, the first volume is really like set up for relationships and it's a lot of the main character kind of denying that what she's doing is wrong because actually her girlfriend is hurting her. Um, And then the second volume is second and what is available of the third, which I think is just, there's only one chapter out that will go into an eventual third volume. Um, It's really just like, all of that coming crashing down on her head as she's like, oh, wait, maybe I'm not actually, maybe my girlfriend is actually a good person and is trying, (laughs) and maybe I'm not actually totally, uh, like, emotionally divorced from the person that I'm cheating on her with. And, oh, no, all of this is, yeah, uh, her really coming to terms with what she's doing and uh, Mm -hmm. why she's doing it is a lot of fun. It is... I will say it is the polar opposite of um, Manio works in the sense that these are all like normal people who could talk it out. And even if it goes bad, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Like they're in high school. They're, they're not, no one in this manga (laughs) looks like they're in high school. This is the most like 27 year olds. uh, Yeah. Um, are are quote unquote in high school going through all of this uh but it's like oh yeah you know if the if this breaks up like that's it's probably fine um there's there's a the the girlfriend who's being cheated on is getting set up with a love interest which is fun um and so yeah uh it is it's refreshing reading something that is like oh yeah, like this is a complicated situation and it's messy, but everyone's going to end up fine. Yeah. Like some mm. hearts might get broken, but that's it. These are girls uh, who have not a the like, of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the like, oh no, things could break so bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, Monio stuff kind of feels like you can see the spot where the train tra- like tracks just drop off. You uh-huh. know what I mean? You're like, well, hope we turn before then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been going on Yuri Tea Time? Uh, an hour, three minutes. An hour and what? Three minutes. Hey, that's perfect. Well, it does say in my notes always that Yuri Tea Time should be 30 minutes long. When but, was the last time that happened? Uh, I don't think it's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that was I, gonna think be my I think it's going to be my I think at this point, maybe you should just. 
cut that little bit out because it's never gonna work. It's still it's the aspirational. Goal. It's aspirational. And if we if we throw that out, the risk is that Yuri Tea Time keeps growing, <laughs> like uh like a Grail attached to Shinji, turning into a big flesh ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for Yuri. <laughs> Oh, That's enough Yuri tea time, though. Yes. <laughs> I will, yeah. When my girlfriend's not here today, finishes, I will bring that again. Oh, yeah. I want to I wanna talk about that for real. Not just as a, like, oh, here's an interesting counterpoint. Or, not counterpoint, but, like, companion piece mm-hmm. to Manio's new work. Um, no one's going to die in that one, probably. It is interesting how little... Nana cares about Tsukasa cheating on her girlfriend. Nana's <laughs> worried of being cheated on herself. Yeah. Nana's <laughs> down so bad. Uh, she's, she's like, yeah, that butch can kiss. She kisses <laughs> Apparently. her. Kisses her good. And then she's just like, the panel after they pull away from kissing, Nana is making the most, like, down galactic face I've ever seen. <laughs> she's like drooling. Drooling. Her whole face is blushing. Her eyes might as well be hearts. I think they are hard eyes. I know there are, she does some, have hard eyes at different parts. There are some times where she gets the heart pupils, like when they're having phone sex. <sighs> okay, that's enough Yuri tea time, though. We've talked about some great stuff. Yes. Now we should talk about a couple of other things, including Marin. You staying or you going? I think I'm gonna have to tap out. I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty mm-hmm. out of it You're for the last it. section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have like 30 seconds? How do you feel about Heaven's Feel? Um, yeah, let's see. God, um, easily the best route in the game. Uh, not saying much from coming from me, who <laughs> broadly has not enjoyed the game. Uh, I think. Yeah, Heaven's Feel, it's weird, because it's a route that, like, it fully benefits from having previous routes to set up, like, the structure, and to be able to do mm-hmm. things with that, but I feel like if he- Unlimited Blade Works and Heaven's Feel were combined into one route that was, like, shorter than both of them, it could achieve the same effect, and, uh, because Unlimited Blade Works really feels like it exists just to be like, oh, Sh- Shiro is Archer, and here's 15... 15- 16 days of that <laughs> it's uh-huh. uh it's interesting that you say that because a lot of the like a lot of the common like thing when people try to like merge the roots and stuff for like hypothetical anime adaptations or like just as a thought experiment is that people like to merge fate in ubw more than they like to merge ubw and heaven's feel no i think i think i think I think unlimited feels blade the weirder works, like, one, and people are scared of that. Yeah, I think unlimited blade works it could just be part of fate. Like, just put in like a day that's like Shira's like ah, Archer's like here's why I'm emo instead of him saying <laughs> why I'm emo for like five days. Uh, <sighs> and then because like I don't know for me unlimited blade works was like I don't care about hero Sh- Shiro's hero baggage. Like, that was wrapped up pretty well at the end of Fate, where he's like, yeah, shit, this is self-serving, and I can't save everyone. And then they're like, well, here's another root saying that in uh, what we said in one scene. Um, (laughs) But 
Heaven's Feel, it's been very up and down. Um, like the the slice of life scenes and like and like all the melancholy scenes with Shiro and Ilya are like some of my best thing favorite things in the game. Um, shoutouts to Ilya. Shoutouts to Ilya, the best <laughs> character in Fate Stay Night. Uh, <laughs> but like when, especially when it's like Ilya and Sakura and Rin, uh, and Ryder all like staying at Chira's house. Um, it's just like that stuff's great. I like the sad, mel- sad sister stuff. It rules. Um, but anytime it shows up and feels like ah, the big plot, Sakura's becoming a sicko. I just like. I don't know. I felt very disappointed in Sicko Sicko Sakura because, like, so much of it it was so much of it is tied in about, like, oh, isn't this, like, this girl you thought was a trad wife is actually, like, she's sick and twist a little twisted. And, like, (laughs) all the stuff, I don't know, all the stuff about, like, her being impure and, like, and dirty because she was assaulted for years is just, like, I'm just, like, it's such an uninteresting story to me. It's such an uninteresting direction for her character. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, oh, you thought she was pure and virginal, but actually, she needs come to live. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, why are we It really do be like that. What are we doing here? It's just, like... We're making it a rogue ultimately. Yeah, and like, yeah, and like even the stuff in Day Sixteen that I liked with Sakura, I just I couldn't. I kept remembering that the reason she went fully into like Sicko's Shadow Grail mode was because she killed Shinji when he was trying to rape her, and I'm like, that's not. I'm just like, this is so. I don't know. I felt very out of it and like didn't care about the stakes that much but i liked when she when shira fought saber and then just like died afterwards and saber's like well <laughs> ran i hope you hurry up so i don't have to come and kill you <sighs> uh gr- gr- great ending very excited to get there yeah 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 all right that's thank it. you Marin, yeah. so much for joining anytime thanks for your thoughts i'm gonna i'm gonna hold on to the torch of you also not really loving heaven's feel <laughs> in order to get through this episode thank you i'm, I'm passing my it's it's the inspirational image uh, of shiro and kotomine climbing the mountain that you posted <laughs> for last episode but it's me and you <laughs> i'm taking the baton i'm the anchor runner i'm going on with that okay um thanks Marin. We'll have you back on soon. Yeah. Have fun. It's always fun being on. (laughs) Bye, Marin. Bye. Bye. February 15th. 16 final what a boring day title to end i i agree i agree like like ubw day 15 is uh day 16 is like eden and i you know i kind of get that and like fate day 15 is like utopia and it's like yeah okay that's avalon sure 
And uh -huh. having Spiel Day 16 is just final. I'm like, okay, thanks. It it's sure started in e Nasu wrote them in English, and he they were cool to him just by virtue of being in English. Yes, yeah. true. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there is still no the world of the moon. <laughs> you know uh -huh. what I mean? Ah, Tsukihime had great day titles. Uh, I um, let me just do a quick skim of the day titles to see if there's any I really like. <laughs> it is also final because there are like. Five ends to this day. Yeah, it's so much happens. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, no, none of the day titles are, like, that great. Like, the best are just, like, decent. Mm-hmm. We're back. I have eggnog. Again, lactose-free, alcohol-free eggnog. Uh-huh. Fen is not Tasty. going to get drunk on podcast. <laughs> Rowdy, drunken fan shouting about Seal. <laughs> oh, this sounds like a great episode. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna get started. Okay. We've got a new background. Finally. I've seen this before. I've seen this image before and never really been able to parse it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is like, there... I never really understood that this place was in a cave fully. Oh. Because it doesn't look like it's in a cave. It just looks like it's a spooky, like, dark sky place. Because there's, like, there's, like, a big wide open space and, like, a cliff and then a big tower on top. Mm. But yeah. they're in a big cave under inside the mountain. Yes. Uh, it's a cave that sucks pretty bad, the narrator tells us about. <laughs> uh, it's a real bad cave to be in. Uh Who's here, Fun? Assassin is here. He's not doing great because he doesn't have a master anymore. And he's trying to get himself to Sakura so he can say, hey, Sakura, uh -huh. you should let me keep living for a little bit. But Sakura is not the one that answers him. Hey, Fen. <sighs> hey, Fen. I can't believe you had me convinced that Zoken wasn't still alive and going to come back immediately when you started this reading. <laughs> In my defense. I have a very bad memory. Um, and I fully believed that Zoken was dead. I can't believe I fell for it. I should have been this is his soul was purified, but <laughs> the... they made such a big deal about the specific worm that his real soul was in. I guess. He's a he's a cockroach. Gotta just get him. Uh-huh. God, this is what I get. I was like, you know, I'm really hard on Fen sometimes, and it's I always insist that I'm right about things, even if I don't actually know. I'm going to trust Fen on this one. Never again, ne dear listener. Never again. Fen's life just <laughs> flashed before fair eyes. At least you listened to me about Yamasusu. Yeah, Yamasusu. More people good. should listen to Yamasusu or watch Yamasusu. Oh, I do have a comment yeah. about this cave. Oh, yeah. I'm convinced that there's some, like, a cultural, like, connotation or symbol about the idea that, like, the, like, the truth is not above you, it's below you, where there's, like, an area, but, it, like, that's a trope I've seen a lot of times, so there's probably something that it's drawing from that I don't know, but, you know, it's a thing. Hmm. That's interesting. Like, the idea that, like, the truth rests below and not above in the sky. Okay. Zoken is still here. 
And he is exactly as I thought. He his, his soul worm is inside Sakura, hidden inside her heart, so that uh, Kotamine didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, Kotamine's uh, field baptism was enough to uh, fuck him up so bad that he can't support Assassin anymore, which is why Assassin is currently dying. Can't support Assassin or leave this cave. Yes. Uh, so he tells Sakura to make a contract with Assassin as her new bodyguard because Berserker's dead. Mm-hmm. How does Sakura respond? She eats Assassin. You jumped the gun there. Yeah, you you skipped a bit. Ben loves to do this. Uh, but yes, ultimately you're right. There's a whole bit where Sakura does not respond and oh, they go through right, the whole thing right. of Zoken being like, ah, she's finally so broken that her soul has left her body, making it ripe for me to steal uh, and all of this stuff. I just don't. Zoken is such a nothing guy. You know? Yeah, he's like, I get it, right? He's like kind of this like, Fate Tonight is like a novel like that is at least partially about like, you know relationships with your parents and like mm-hmm. and so like Zoken is like kind of you know like that kind of like embody and he's like literally taking over Sakura's body mm-hmm. and like there is some value in that but also he's like simultaneously this is true and also he's kind of a bit of a boring guy he's so boring and and also it, my, one of my big complaints about this is it's like one of my things in Tsukihime was that I was always glad that Makihisa didn't get uh, a big moment to be on the stage and talk about how he was right about everything. You know what I mean? Like, we get his journals, but it's not that, right? Yeah, for for sure. Zoken. For sure. Constantly. Zoken is what if Makihisa got to giggle and talk about how this is all part of his plan at length for an entire route. <laughs> <laughs> it's miserable. Yeah. Uh, it is It is the, like, uh, the criticism I, I, I've heard of... Um, when Game of Thrones was ongoing, people complaining about the the villains just like hanging around for a whole season and being just miserable in every single scene so that you could like feel something when they get their comeuppance. And it just never the catharsis just never pays off. And that's Zoken to me. Yeah, I think I will say and I will talk more about this when we finally say goodbye to him spoilers he sticks around for most of this day somehow somehow um i think it's a weird poignant farewell uh i i have so much to say about that scene but we'll get there when we get there uh he is an important thematic character Mm -hmm. who completely ruins the pacing of this route (laughs) so there there are so many zoken cutaways and um uh, I guess uh, apologies if this is spoilers. I'm not going to consider this spoilers, but apologies if I say something I shouldn't. Um, we can always cut it. Yeah, uh, the films t- cut a lot of these, but they go so far that you get like basically no picture of his motivations. So it's kind of like the exact opposite direction. He has no motivations. Uh, or his motivations can be summed up in like one sentence up until like the very last thing he's in. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't know. I thought I found Roa a much more compelling. <laughs> yes. Person. Yes. Roa is much, much better than like Zoka. That much. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Roa. Sorry. No, no go ahead. just like, so yeah. So Sakura doesn't respond. 
Um, and Zokin's like, oh, ha ha ha, my turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sokka's like, no, sorry, dad or grandpa. I'm still here. Uh, she eats, um, she eats assassin. Zokin freaks out. Mm-hmm. He's like, wait a sec. You've never disobeyed me before. And then Sakura digs into her own heart, mm-hmm. pulls him out. It's like gross little ribbon penis worm. I'm my own woman now, Grandpa, and smushes him. Uh, it, uh honestly, I do think the catharsis is kind of worth it. Like, just it fucking get him, Sakura. Interesting to me. Get him, Sakura. Just get him. I will say this opening is interesting because it feels very in conversation. This whole route is very in conversation with um, Tsukihime, mm-hmm. but this part in particular feels very in conversation with Rawashiki's relationship because mm-hmm. it is Sakura in a very like literal way taking out the person who has controlled her and saying, no, mm-hmm. it's my turn to do what I want. Yeah. And yet not be under your influence. And yet Sakura's never done anything she's wanted ever. <laughs> I I I think I would I would like sort of disagree with this, but I think best safe for a little bit later. Uh huh. I'm just I'm so down on Sakura, folks. It's so disappointing. Oh, that, that's a shame. Okay. Um, let's the see. the her after doing this just like comically evilly laughing at the <laughs> altar is so cartoonish uh yeah they're like was well, zokin's one mistake was not realizing how much the joker sakura already was <laughs> it's like she was a baby <laughs> okay interlude out cut back to oh wait there's one thing we skipped i think uh d- do we want to talk about assassin because it is his last scene and we do get his character motivation yeah okay yeah yeah it's like he is he's paired with zokin because zokin wants immortality of the body and assassin wants immortality in terms of people Uh knowing his name because his real name was not recorded in history and he wants and he doesn't know it either and he wants it yeah i think like fate stana is like so much about people being like you know like falling into legend and narrative role mm-hmm. that I think it like kind of works that there's like this guy who's like, you know, he's fallen so deep that he doesn't even have a face or a name anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's I do... not a lot, but he's just a secondary villain. So like, you know, for him just having his like one point that relates to the broader game, I'm like, yeah, that's good enough. You know, you don't need to be anything more. I I do like it as a pair to, if we have to have Zoken, I like Assassin being his yeah. pair because it is like, no, of course I don't want to live forever. Uh-huh. I just want people to remember me. Uh-huh. I want to have a legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it has potential, but doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, because because that it idea. is only brought up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been lost. mentioned before, but only in passing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's also just deeply funny to me how much Zoken is like, oh, we should do our, like, their entire dynamic throughout the route is just Zoken being like, we should do our five-dimensional chess plans. And Assassin's just like, no, what if we just killed them? Uh-huh. 
Well, he should have listened to Assassin. Assassin <laughs> is a consummate professional, if nothing else. Yeah, he's... Assassin is two, three things. Faceless, a consummate professional, and a gross, like, Kushan racist caricature. Yes, th- that too. I do, I do like the kind of, like, professional aspect of Assassin, too, where he's, like, he's not really, like, evil, you know? Yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah, he's just a guy doing his job. And I think I, I like that aspect of him, too. I, if if they had just uh, design aside, his design is gross. But uh, if they had skipped the bit early on where he was a cackling subhuman bug man, I would be a lot less. Lo- I would be like a little higher on him. Yeah, yeah. We just we just didn't need that part at all. Okay, let's move on. We're out of the interlude now. Uh, Ryder says that she senses something from the lake behind the temple, and Rin's like, no, 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 this is what you were talking about, Catherine. We gotta go down. They go off the beaten path and hit the anti-servant field. Ryder's doing okay. She's managing. Mm-hmm. Um, see. They kind of stumble around until they find Ryder uses her eyes to find the magically hidden cave entrance, and uh, they enter the cave together. They spend some time talking about the uh, gem sword. Rin's like, Shiro, why did you help me make this sword I said I was going to use to kill Sakura? Why did you do that? Um, two reasons. Uh, oh, right. He needs her help. <laughs> he can't do this on his own. And he feels bad because he promised Rin that he was going to help her win the Holy Grail War. Yes. <laughs> and he's going to break that promise or has already. He can't keep that promise. And so he's like, well, I'll help you however I can. Uh-huh. I'm still going to like keep you from killing my wife, but... Yeah, it's it's a nice little conversation. You know, I, I love the bit where, you know, Ren's like, I see you're pretty faithful. And he just responds, yeah, but not as much as you. Mm-hmm. I like the, the creepy green cave. Yes. <laughs> That's fun. It's good. Filled with the fog of stinky life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. The thing is, the the thing about me is, I love it when something that's supposed to be good is actually bad because there's too much of it. Right, right. Like yeah. like the miasma of living things yes. here, but it's like gross and evil. Yeah, which is like, yeah, isn't interesting. Both, it feels like it is both. Oh, because Angermanu is in the air, mm-hmm. but it is also like, oh. No one, no one normal should be here. Mm-hmm. This much magic in the air is just going to make anyone feel gross. Yeah. 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 So, what do they find as they get into the deeper part of the cavern? They find Saber. She's here. Shiro's ex-wife, Saber herself. The original. PR is the best Yuri. Not the original. This is uh, Dark Save. Oh, oh, I meant the original Shiro wife, but I, I guess Shiro is her wife, like, really, when you think about That's it. True. This is what makes it NTR, is <laughs> that Shiro is a boy wife. <laughs> okay. Let me... Or makes it Yuri. The NTR bit is that Shiro has a wife and still loves Saber. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Saber says she won't let anyone go in. She'll kill anyone who tries to pass her, except Rin can go because Sakura wants to talk to her. And Rin's like, Rin just boogie past her and is like, hey, Shiro, hurry up or I'm going to kill her. Yeah. Or she does turn around and is like, 
You better hurry up because I'm going to have to kill her. You better hurry up. I don't want to kill her or anything. <laughs> I'm going to be really mad at you if I have to. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a great bit where uh, Saber's like, I'm going to kill you, Shiro. And Ryder's like, you can't kill him because he hasn't stepped forward yet. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> okay, but we should take a break from this and talk about the, what happens if you don't have Ryder here. We should talk about that in alongside tiger dojo 40 oh okay you want to because they're they're a great thematic pair okay of very similar like endings okay let's oh, see what happens here then sure uh yeah so Ryder's like you can't kill shiro if he don't doesn't step forward and saber's like i know him he's gonna come in like two seconds mm -hmm. he has no patience what happens uh Ryder or right so before last night, I think in our last episode we covered this, uh, Shiro does the thing that I I tend to dislike a whole lot, which is, oh yeah, we've seen his entire perspective, except for this little bit where he steps in and whispers something in Ryder's ear so that the camera, <laughs> which so far has been just, has heard and, and everything that Shiro has said, uh, can't hear it, uh -huh. but... Uh, he well, decided now. He decided to to fight Saber by having Ryder use her mystic eyes, which, due to Saber's magic resistance and general status as a servant, aren't gonna like petrify her immediately. But it is enough pressure to reduce her abilities a little. Yeah, yeah. Ryder says, with all of this power and this advantage that I have, I can last two minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saber's so cool. <laughs> she is. She gets to kick so much ass, like, honestly, throughout most of the game, but especially in this route. We're on interlude 16-2, Heaven's Feel. It's time to see what Rin is up to. Uh, we enter the big, big cave again. It's three kilometers in di diameter, which seems like a pretty big cave. Mm -hmm. And the Greater Grail is sitting on top of that big plateau. It's a rock pillar that's carved into a magic circle. And it's been running nonstop for 200 years. That seems, uh, it's gotta get really hot, you know? Yeah. Presumably there's some sort of coolant. Yeah, is there coolant? Is it just venting into the pond? I guess it's probably just venting. <laughs> Weirdly the warm pond. pond above them. <laughs> um, this is the Black Tower from Shiro's Nightmares that he saw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the same shape. It has the black sun on top of mm -hmm. it. All that stuff. Um, Rin makes some comments about how this the magic here isn't technically infinite, but it's so inexhaustible. You couldn't use it in one lifetime, even if there was like thousands of people using it, and so it's practically infinite. All that stuff, you know. Uh, she's being very flippant here, but in an attempt to keep her cool because yeah. this is very scary. <laughs> yeah. She is also thinking that Sakura is basically brain dead at this point, and that Zoken and Assassin are her enemies. Mm -hmm. She is wrong. No more Zoken, no more Assassin. Just Sakura. Uh, I like this remix of the church music that plays for Sakura now. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's very good. Rin's up, uh, says that Kotamine would be jazzed to see Sakura this fully uh, dark-sided. And then she pulls out the gem sword, and we get some explanation about ritual equipment. 
Yeah. It we is... got lore down to the last second. This is like very standard lore mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, which is like, oh yeah, there are like two kinds of if a thing is general use, it's not as powerful, but it's still helpful. Yes. And if it's made for one thing, it's very powerful, yeah. but it can only do that one thing. Yeah. yeah. This is one of the latter. Yeah. Uh, closer to noble phantasm than like a regular magical amplifier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or noble phantasms tend to fall into the, yeah. it is a, it is a specific thing that does one thing very good and nothing else. Yes. Uh, because, uh, yeah, it would be really weird for someone's legend to be like, yeah, and he had like a really cool staff that was just like good. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> uh-huh. So the gem sword, however it works, just doesn't have enough magical energy to match Sakura because Sakura is a, a god, basically, mm-hmm. at this point. And Sakura taunts Rin for being scared. And Rin's like, Rin makes some jokes about how, where's your chaperone, you little baby, all that stuff. Sakura admits that she murdered everyone else. And now Sakura has to kill Rin to finally be free of all of the people who have been holding her down all this time, apparently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Sakura does a bunch of grandstanding. Uh, well, so real quick, mm-hmm. this part of the scene works for me yeah. because what Sakura is saying in what, yeah, uh, Ben called grandstanding yeah. is basically, I am strong now mm-hmm. and therefore whatever I want is correct, uh, which works because that is the logic that everyone around her has used mm-hmm. to to get her to this point is like well you're weak and we are strong and therefore like what we want is right yeah um and so it is it isn't like a good thing no that that sakura has internalized this but it does make sense that as soon as she gets power she realizes or thinks oh the only thing that matters is having power in whether you're correct or not everything else is and rin throws this back in her face to be like you don't even really believe that you're just you're just like in a corner and you have to pretend that you believe that to make yourself feel okay yeah you know what i mean yeah Yeah, i um i i have like two comments about this uh one one i like is you know uh if i'm not myself everything i've done couldn't be helped which is like you know kind of like she's putting on the she's putting on the like grandstanding air to like kind of disassociate herself from things that like ultimately there are external factors but these are her feelings mm-hmm. yeah and uh the other thing i like is that like the idea that like you are right because you are strong is also something that's like kind of been you know touched upon in earlier parts of the game you know saber and you know characters like saber and archer might have more noble intentions and be a little more self-aware of like the issues with this but like ultimately they are people who build their ideals on roads of blood Mm -hmm. yeah yeah interesting unfortunately all of this is then turned into nope. She's just a yandere. 
Well, yeah, she's like, Rin's like, Shiro still wants to save you. And she's like, I want to eat Shiro, you know? And Rin's like, you're beyond saving Sakura. Uh, now we get uh, uh, Sakura's sick shadow puppet monster things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, these, are, these, these are cool. Mm-hmm. Just fun and funky little guys. Just big, funky little guys. What's that claymation show that gets posted to Twitter a bunch? Guppy, gummy, goopy. What? I've never heard of that. Goopy? <laughs> oh, it starts with a G, I think. Gumby? Gumby. Oh. Oh. Uh. Oh, like the green guy? Yeah. With the horse? Yeah. They look kind of like the green guy. But evil shadow version. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a very funny comparison. <laughs> I just every time I see them and they're like they're like floppy arms. I'm like, oh, it's one of the it's that it's that uh, uh-huh. play guy. My immediate thought was, you know the uh, the Reggie poke. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I told yeah. Reggie Dark. Yeah, it's a dark Reggie Dark. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, um... okay. That's an alternative for the meme for this week. Is <laughs> yes, yes. That 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 would be a very good one. Um. Real quick, because this was one of, like, two scenes I write in Japanese before I had to quit, would it be okay if I pointed out, like, two things that I would probably call translation errors? Hit me. Okay, so there's a point in the narration where they call Sakura a petulant child, and I'm not sure where the translator is getting petulant from. In the Japanese, it just says that she's sobbing. Um, mm. the other one is, um, she tells, um, she tells Sakura, like, um, she tells Rin, like, you've... Whoa. Fen's alarm just went off. <laughs> um, she tells, uh, she tells Rin, like, you're envious of this great power, right? Um, yes, you're going to take him away from me so you can keep the happiness to yourself. Um, in the Japanese, she says Anoko, which is, like, that child, which is, like, so she's talking about Rin taking away her power, not Rin stealing Shiro from her. And I think the translation kind of ends up being a bit, like, they make that a little muddier because their phrasing doesn't f- fully reflect the fact that she's definitely not talking about Shiro. It's interesting. Yeah. It is in keeping with Rin still having a thing for Shiro, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's not, it doesn't manufacture that sentiment, but that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. I just like the idea that, like, when Sakura gets power, she is still insecure about the fact that Rin is going to take it from her. Yeah. I really like this line, uh, the Sakura line. No one's going to help you this time. You can drown in me like a bug in a lake. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good that's one. Uh, the shades attack, and it's the end of the interlude. Let's move back to the rider saber fight. How's that going? Uh, sounds like it's going fine right now, but unfortunately, saber is uh, fine, and rider's getting weaker by the second. Uh-huh. Rider's got speed and nothing else. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right, right. At one point, Ryder was like, "I could last two minutes against her," but Ryder has also, in a shonen sense, overcome her lim- limits and been fighting for twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for her. Um, 
Uh, I do like that she is looking increasingly fretting and tired in her cool battle CG. Yeah. But this is all part of the plan. Shiro whips off the shroud that he's wearing mostly for style at this point and starts doing a projection. Uh, I like that they call out the specific memory that he loses for doing this is the Kiritsugu death scene. That I we've seen also times. wrote this down. Incredibly on the nose, but it works. Uh -huh. As a like, this is this is literally Shiro losing the memory of his promise to Kiritsugu. Uh -huh. uh, it's uh it's interesting to me because uh there's a line like you know the kind of like you know the reading that comes to mind is that you know this is more of like sure I will losing his old self and being reborn as a person but um there's a line earlier in the rider versus like saber fight where it's like no matter how fast rider may move uh an ephemeral shooting star can never match the light of one that burns in place and i think this kind of like Shiro losing his memories of Kiritsugu also kind of ties into, like, one of Nasu's very big, consistent themes, which is that, like, things are ephemeral and kind of, you know, inherently limited. So, like, this memory that is so important to Shiro is also something that would kind of naturally fade. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ryder falls to her knees as Shiro prepares whatever it is he's preparing, and we get a choice. Attack Saber, use a second projection, or wait for a better chance. Ben, you want to talk about some bad ends? Yeah. Lead me on a bad end. Let's uh, attack Saber. Are we going to talk about the other thing first? Or do you want to cover this? Attack Saber, and then we can talk. This is 39. Okay. Um, Tiger Judge is going to be out of order in this episode. That's horrible, Fen. I hate it. Because one of these should have been in the last episode but for for like thematic reasons were attacking saber without a plan on day 16 leads us to tiger dojo 39 yep. uh shiro pulls out the azoth sword and uses archer's super strength and whatnot to save rider by sacrificing himself mm -hmm. or uh he breaks the azoth sword on Shiro saber's cool armor because again that's a magic weapon and she has enormous magic resistance and is in perfectly fine shape yeah Shiro's like, oh, I've got her. She didn't dodge or anything. And then Saber's like, you I didn't need to. <laughs> she chops off Archer's arm. Uh-huh. And uh, she gives him a choice. She says, Sakura wants to do something to you that will be worse than death. Uh, I'm, I could just kill you here and now and give you like a merciful end. Uh, what do you want? She says this, her sword poking into his spine. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, yeah he dies yeah he blacks out and it says that uh he whatever he chose it doesn't matter he, yeah he, it's hopeless now yeah tiger dojo 39 oh. kaede one of rin's friends appears on the tiger dojo like content warning don't click if you don't want uh -huh. character image destruction or whatever and says that the last dojo was the last dojo <laughs> <laughs> yep 38, the one we have not covered. <laughs> the one we haven't covered yet. Um, and she tells us to go back to the tiger, uh, the tiger screen, the title screen. But Taiga screams extra stage really loud. <laughs> and then and Ilya adds side B or side A. Side A. Yes, Sven, we're not doing 40 first. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very funny. This is Tiger Dojo Remix, which saves us from stupid mistakes at the very end of the game, apparently. Uh-huh. 
very obvious what we did wrong. Yes. But. Trust Ryder more. Uh-huh. Uh, Taiga says that things have gotten a bit complicated, but to just bear with it. Ilya complains about not having more of a role and says that everyone's so mean in this route, <laughs> even yeah. Saber. She says that she's the only heroine who's not two-faced, and Taiga reluctantly agrees to that. It is true that Ilya's always very upfront with... Uh, and okay. then they explain the structure. Yeah. We got a true end, we got a normal end, etc., etc. Uh, Ilya gives us too much information about how to get there. Taiga smacks her for it and then gives us more explicit information on how to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Taiga ends by saying that there's a rumor that the next ending, the next dojo, uh, 40, is an erotic harem route. Uh-huh. Speaking of that next Tiger Dojo, um, yeah, so... Well, we gotta do the other one. We gotta go back. Well, should we project again or wait for a wait, better chance? You wanna wait till all the other dojos are done to do? Uh, my, okay, so my suggestion is let's get up to the point where, you know, um... Let's get up to the point of slight future spoilers. Um, the point where Shiro has to stab Saber. Then let's that's, then let's do that's where. Well, then let's do thirty-seven. Then let's do forty, and then let's do the main path. All right, all right. Fen, where are we now? Uh, Saber or wow, Shiro is trying to decide whether to um use another projection or wait for a better chance. Right, right, right. So if we wait, these for the are rider, roughly the same. There are ways to get locked out of this choice, right? Uh, no, you can't get locked. You can't get locked out of this choice. Um, if you're missing Ilya points, ah. it shunts you off onto. Yeah. Okay. So we can choose to trust Rider, which is that was their plan the whole time. Yeah. They have a plan. Um, Saber will make a killing blow, but Rider escapes and wraps her up in her chains, and then uses her noble phantasm. Yeah. However, instead, we could use one more projection, which is going to lead us down the path to the normal end instead. Uh, if Shiro uses one more projection, he loses another chunk of himself, and... Uh, he pulls Kaldabog out. Kaldabog um, shoots it at uh, Saber, and then roughly exactly the same events happen. <laughs> yes. It does nothing. Yes. So it's so like Shiro to uh, sacrifice himself to accomplish nothing. <laughs> you know, Very true. Shiro would get hit by a car to save a woman. Whether or not any women were near the car. <laughs> yep. Now, realizing that Ryder is using her noble phantasm, Cy Saber starts slamming the NP button as well. Uh, there's a fun bit where they say their NP names in tandem. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... What? What? Oh, I'm, I'm like, I love it when they do the thing from the first rate of the game, but it's inverted. Uh-huh. 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 Shiro activates whatever he's doing, which slows down time for a while, I guess. Uh, I think this is just his... Yeah, I think it's his mental. He starts the Unlimited Blade Works chant and casts... This is a big... The end of Heavens feels a big... You remember that thing from a couple roots ago? It's back. Or from last year. Heaven's Feel as a whole is Hey Remember Tsukihime. It is also. And so it is, yeah, it does make sense that he casts Ro Ayas. Yes, which is the, the Petal Shield. The it's like a Greek hero. Greek hero shield? Yeah. I, I forget who exactly had it. Uh, it's Ajax. It's Ajax. Okay, that makes sense. 
uh, in order to protect Ryder Chalk from the what? Shocked that Ajax hasn't made it into Go yet. No Ajax. Yeah, it seems like a really like obvious defensive NP. Yeah, I I guess next time they do a Greek chapter, maybe. It's inevitable. They, Nasu loves to go back to the Greeks. Can't say I blame him. So. He uh he uses this to wrap up uh Bellifone and uh, Bellifone and uh Ryder so they can skate through Excalibur and get to Saber. Uh-huh. Shira is an enormous pain, but it works pretty well. Uh Ryder hits Saber and stuns her <laughs> and makes her vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And uh Ryder collapses onto the ground. The totally uh, the um souls like sound yes, <laughs> sounds yes. as Harry. She's uh-huh. She's able to be uh, viscerally attacked. Shiro rushes Saber with the Azoth sword, straddles her, and holds the sword over her heart. Uh, We get... Saber says his name in a very regular Saber. Ah, uh, that fit hits so hard. Just the, like, quiet Shiro. It, it, fuck. Just fuck. Mm-hmm. It's... Well, it's such a good this this is why I I waited on Tiger Digital 38 until mm-hmm. now is because they both show oh yeah, like Saber has been corrupted somehow. It's unclear a it's little. Un, it's very unclear how Saber has changed. Well, she's absolutely like the Saber that Shiro knew and loved is still there. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting because like if you look back at the if you look back at Saber's route when you're reading through the Saber Ultra content in Heaven's Feel, like, this is basically just implied to be how Saber acted on the throne as a king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not... Saber Ultra was not a very interesting character to me, as it turns out. No, um, more a plot device. More than... a plot device, yeah. So, we have a choice. Kill Saber, or save Saber. Save Saber or kill Saber before she regenerates. Okay, fan. We're doing bad ends. What's next? Yeah. What's next on your list? Um, I guess we can we can do thirty eight now. Ah, uh, okay with that? Yeah. Lots to say about this one. All right. Okay. All right. So, a reminder: you get bad end thirty eight by on day 15 either not accepting Ryder's help or failing to remember what the correct question was yeah um she leaves and is like fine you're a dumbass I'll go save uh our wife myself mm-hmm. um and yeah and then like Rin and Chiro have they don't have the same conversation like presumably they do have the same conversations uh, on the way it's just uh, not shown uh, to it us. is shown actually but it's like it's the same it's basically the same text I mean I don't remember them having the conversation about the gem sword uh it's there yep it's there okay huh. well anyway it's uh, Shiro who finds the cave, and yeah, Rin is nothing. like, Shiro's like, oh, but it's a Rider's dead end. eyes didn't help at all. <laughs> and Rin is like, oh, uh, yeah, there's a there's magic at the back. Go in. Um, now, same thing happens when they get to Saber, mm-hmm. uh, except it's Shiro this time saying, I haven't taken a step forward, and uh-huh. Saber's like, well, yeah, you dumbass. I know that you're gonna get step forward. I, I was with you for uh, like three days or whatever it was. Uh huh. 
It was more than three days. They were like together. Five. Yeah, five. But... Five, like, four days. Shiro starts trying to come up with a way to beat Saber. He uh, starts to do projection. He pulls out Archer's swords. Mm-hmm. He thinks, of like, oh, I could have done Excalibur, but blah, blah, blah. I couldn't, actually. <laughs> um, it's interesting, actually, because um, he, sa- um, he says that Saber won't use it because the cave will go down. And that oh, right. that makes sense as you're reading this ending. But when you go back and read the main path, you realize that's not actually true. Saber is low-key holding back. Yeah, mm-hmm. she does use Excalibur. Yeah. Uh, it does not knock the cave down. Anyway, uh, Shiro is keeping up with uh, Saber surprisingly well, thanks to his bleed over from Archer. And uh, Saber holding back. Uh-huh. Uh... Shiro's in a good mood because he's actually holding up. Uh, Shiro gets some breathing room and uh, notices that he's starting to get bits of swords sticking out of his insides. Unfortunate. And Saber's like, man, you don't got a chance, bud. You're dead. Shiro has one more projection in him, but uh, can't use it because he needs it to save Sakura. Saber says it doesn't matter if you die here without being able to use it. And uh, actually, the thing that Saber does, Saber says, if you die here without using projection, you can't save Sakura. Mm-hmm. If you manage to kill me, then we, by using that projection, you will at least buy Rin enough time to save Sakura. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 If, if she just kills Shiro outright, she's going to go kill Rin mm-hmm. or Sakura. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Saber is essentially being like, just kill me, bud. Mm-hmm. So Shiro ends up using projection. Uh, he forgets uh, the names of lots of things, including his uh, own name. Yeah, I think he even forgets. There's a bit that implies that he almost forgot Saber's name. Uh huh. Um, and he uses Archer's secret cool finishing move, which uh-huh. is like a sword boomerang thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, also, this bit has an exclusive music track, and it's fucking sick. <laughs> I think I called it a Smash Melee music. Yes. <laughs> um. So, yes, Shiro does a sword boomerang trick, basically. And Saber's just, like, bouncing sword boomerangs off of her sword, uh, smashing them up and all this stuff. And he erodes the very last bit of his sense of self in order to carve through Saber with, like, uh, this third pair of swords that he managed to pull out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and he shouts her name at the very end and is like, I wonder if it was good that I remembered her name or if it was just, like, really depressing <laughs> that, that I pulled it at the last It second. was really depressing. Um, I wonder if this is some sort of metaphor. He lays down to go to sleep. And then it cuts to like a pseudo interview interlude of following Saber. Mm-hmm. She, she is on the ground, slowly healing. Yep, waiting for Shiro to finish him off, finish her off. He is uh, brain dead though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she very clearly desperately wants him to kill her because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to go kill her in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's she's like, oh yeah, he's 
still alive over there, but there's nothing left in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, oh, you got strong. Well, you were strong from the start. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. And she so. calls out to him to finish her off, and he doesn't answer. Then I have one Shiro. There's no emotion in her voice. She's used to it. She's seen many enemies risk their lives and die meaninglessly. That is what it means to be strong. A hero is someone who cuts down their foes using everything they have. She's the, there's about 10 minutes left for Rin to do her thing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yes. So, like, this ending, I really like this one. Because it's like... The idea... I think what, like, really captivates me about it is, like... Shiro basically, you know sacrifices um his sense of self to keep up with Saber and like that's like such a like dark twist on their relationship where like normally Shiro is kind of the one bringing Saber down to a more like humane level mm-hmm. and like the last lines you know you know by calling Saber a hero in the like in her little interlude it kind of reminds you that like you know Every person who, like, Saber and Archer killed is, like, someone with as much dream, internal drive, and motivation as Heavensfield Shiro, and they just bat that aside like it's nothing because that's what being a hero is. <laughs> it's really good stuff. I, I really like this ending. Yeah, this is probably the best. This is the best ended. ending in the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Bad or other, because it's not a bad ending. Yeah. The the important bit one, real quick. Uh, it just says Saber that. is like, oh damn, kind of kind of sorry for whoever wins because Chiro's already gone and mm-hmm. both of you wanted him. Um, but then also, it, yeah, it it is the only end in the game. Mm. It's not it's not good or bad. Uh huh. It's simply a an ending. Yeah, the the bit where you know Chiro's like, I wonder if like. You know, I wonder if, like, uh, calling Saber's name is, like, something to regret or be proud of. That's, like, kind of representative of this ending and kind of how Faith Sanite, like, broadly just treats the pursuit of the heroic ideal, where it's, like, simultaneously something you can be proud of, but also something, like, very sad and tragic. And I think this ending just really captures that well. Yeah, I think there, you could cynically say, Oh, this exists because Saber is on the box and they wanted a Saber ending for each route. But I think that this is, again, I think it's interesting that this is like the, they call this the Saber ending of this route is like, oh yeah, uh, he doesn't even manage to kill her. Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) And it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, uh, yeah. Because like, you know, ultimately like Saber is like, you know, the hero in a way and no matter how much Shiro tries even if he like burns his whole self away he can never quite hit that peak mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Tiger in- Dojo Taiga congratulates us on reaching an end. Uh, uh, that ever-present feeling song plays. Ilya's like, usually you're mad at them for getting here. And Taiga's like, no, no, no. This is a beautiful ending in a way. <laughs> uh, we need help yeah. to fight Saber, obviously. And she tells us to go get Ryder and hold on for the finale of Fate 
stay night. And also, this is where she says, this is the last tiger. This is the last tiger. Those last two don't exist. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. We can talk more about it in our wrap-up, but um, I really like this ending as a, like, yeah. It's, it's tragic that Shiro... It makes sense that Shiro alone could not win against Saber. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also, like, it's so good how much Saber is still there and is like, oh, you... you or beautiful dumbass. Yeah, like Saber Alter doesn't. Uh, Saber Alter slash Saber, they're the same character. They're the same person. So I'm just gonna say Saber. Saber doesn't get that much in the main path of Heaven's Feel, at least not at this point of the story. But like, I- I'm glad this end exists. You know, I'm glad Saber could get something meaningful in Heaven's Feel, even if it's in a side end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, back to there is Tiger Dojo. 40. Oh, sorry. One last thing I wanted to know. I noticed I noticed this like um Bannon 38 has this payoff to this random line from like day three that I noticed this read through. What? Yeah, so um basically Shiro says um Shiro says like oh I'm fight uh, oh Saber's like a monster, but if I wasn't fighting a monster I wouldn't need this big super move. And this is, I think, supposed to be a payoff to the time in day three of Fate Stay Night where Rin calls Saber a monster and Shiro gets all, like, upset and pissy over it. This is what ten years of brain rot does to your brain. Ben, Mm -hmm. how do we get to the last Tiger Dojo? Don't kill Saber. We, uh... Shiro's on top of her. For the second time in like three days, he's on top of a woman <laughs> holding a dagger. He really should just plunge it into her chest. It would solve a lot of problems, but he can't do it. This time he he actually can't. Uh-huh. Or this time he should but doesn't, rather than the first time being he shouldn't but does. Mm-hmm. Um I he should he should have killed Sakura, let's be honest. Shiro thinks about the time that him and Saber spent together, and we get a greatest hit of CGs of Saber. He drops the sword. Saber has already fully restored, uh, and is just kind of staring at him. She says that she curses him. She's Uh, furious that he didn't manage to kill her. This is my turn to say that the English was weird enough that I was like, okay, what is the Japanese? And I I would say, personally, Shiro, for the first time, I hated you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, is. that's the vibe I got, but it is a yeah. little awkward. Um, it's just a, it's such a great like. Again, you should have just killed. Me. You should have just killed me. I thought we were bros. Yes, just killed. Uh, it's also a payoff to another thing where um, when Saber's like re- recanting her memories of Kiritsugu like in the Fate Route, she talks about how she like cursed and hated him in that moment. So the idea that, like, she's so pissed at Shiro in this moment that he is, like, equivalent to Kiritsugu to her is, like, I like that. Mm-hmm. She's gonna kill him, but then Sakura calls for help. She melts into the ground and disappears. And Shiro falls unconscious, waking up a little bit later, confused. That's not good. That's how I always wake up. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Shiro, like me in the morning, drags his stiff broken <laughs> off towards the cavern and ends up in the cavern of the Greater Grail. 
The fight is already over, and a dead-eyed Sakura is just staring at him when he climbs up the, the cliff. Yep. And she's like, I thought you made a run for it. I put some guards in front of the, the entrance to catch you, but I'll call him back now. And she's just... Sakura is fully the Joker at this point. Yep. Um, Shiro's like, where's Rin? She's like, my, my man. <laughs> uh, one of Rin's ribbons with like st- black stains is on the ground. Uh, and yeah, Sakura's like, I ate her. But don't worry, she's still alive. I've forced her into worm sex hell inside my soul or whatever. Uh-huh. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this sucks. I hate this ending. <laughs> Uh, I do really like the thing I like in this ending are the like extremely washed out, hyper contrasted, like pixelated backgrounds. Yeah, like effects Those that's going on. That's very cool. Um, there's but, a like like Sakura cr- chroma key. Is yeah. that the bit? Is like yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, her like her colors are separating and coming back together, and um. Yeah, so she just eats Shiro and shoves him also into worm sex hell in yep. her mindscape or whatever. That's I, I hate that. <laughs> Tiger Dojo 40. This is what they meant by an erotic harem ending because Shiro has sabers in there uh-huh. and Sakura's there and Rin's in there and Ilya's nowhere to be found but presumably will get shoved in there at some point uh-huh. soon, so... Boo, boo, boo. It could have been a funny joke, but it just did not land for me. Now. Uh, yeah, Taiga's like, obviously you should have killed Saber. There's no ending in Sakura-chan's route to make Saber-chan happy, so all you Saber-chan supporters can give up. Sorry, Fen. <laughs> People... There's an ending in Sakura's route to make Saber happy. No! I I would not strong. Ha- happy is not what I would say. It's uh exhausted and relieved. I guess uh, is probably the closest. Like I even think saying that is a stretch because it's like, well, sure, come on, kill me. Oh, whoops, you can't because you threw your whole self away just to get to me. I, okay. I mean the one where she- I mean uh. Shiro kills. Oh, I still don't think she's. No, no. I think what I really like about <laughs> one of the things I really like about that scene is like they do kind of not give you the like easy catharsis of like either Shiro or Saber pretending that like this is good and Saber is happy now. We'll get there in okay. like two seconds. Listen, uh, we'll get there in two seconds. Now, Little Saber peeks into Taiga Dojo, sadly, <laughs> when uh, Taiga says this. And Taiga says this is actually the end of Tiger Dojo, but there is a surprise for collecting all 40 Tiger stamps. Uh, maybe we should go back and do that. Uh, there is one more Tiger Dojo. Yeah. Very funny. They thank us for playing, and Ilya says that they will see us again when we've 100%ed the game. We will talk about that Tiger Dojo next time. Next time. Now, one back of- to the choice. There is no way that we let Saber live in this route. Yep. Uh, there's I, one CG. Real quick. Yes. I just have to live in a world where I can make Saber happy somehow. No. You're, you're Shiro. I can save everyone except for it's I can save Saber even in the most doomed timeline. Oh, I'm Shiro saying I can save Sakura saying 
I can save Saber. <laughs> She's the only one who needs to survive. Well, I've 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 got the or, Saber not even for survive. you. Have a have a death that is satisfying. Yeah. As Tiger said, go play the saver route. Yeah. I'll, I'll play the saver route again. The end of that's real good. There's a good CG of uh, Shiro looking exhausted as he stabs a, a dead-faced saber in the in the heart. Uh, we get all the CGs of saber looking cool in her various uh, moments. Uh, and Shiro's like, this is a big milestone. I've murdered someone in order to protect Sakura. I don't know that this really counts as murder for a lot of reasons basically self-defense um i do yeah i like i like this bit a whole lot um the fact that she says absolutely nothing and just glares at him as she disappears uh-huh and incredible like i really love how they don't give you that easy catharsis of like you know thank you you know thanks for killing me shira or like yeah. or like i'm okay or now her hair color turns back to normal at the last second yeah. not none of that it's like yeah that's just how anime often does it yeah. right also a lot of this route or especially the last couple of days um have have really dealt with like memory and loss of memory mm -hmm. um and it's fun seeing shiro use that he's like oh if i remember saber i am just going to be miserable mm -hmm. and so I, like the flashes of cgs are him letting go of those memories mm -hmm. um and then also uh he he knows that by saving sakura he has lost way more in, uh happiness than he's ever going to gain or way more like worth Mm -hmm. than he's ever going to gain by um by saving her and he's like it'll probably keep happening and eventually i will give up on this path mm -hmm. but until until that day i'm going to keep trying to like mm -hmm. make to make amends make it worth it yeah and like the way he's going to make it worth it is by like just continue continuing to look for happiness it's it's a really powerful scene uh what i find interesting is uh two things one is that it's kind of an inverse of the like basement orphan scene in the fate route because that whole scene is like about sure being like okay i will remember things you know these are memories are valuable to me and i will I'll keep going, you know, I will move past this, but I will also keep it alive in me in some way. And this is like, mm -hmm. this is our, you know, funny, funny meme. This is, this is the route where like Shiro really learns that people die when they're killed, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's no, you know, he is choosing to forego his past kind of entirely and just... Um, yeah, I also think it's interesting that, you know, the dagger he stabs Saber with is the same one he uses, uh, to stab Kotomine in the Fate Route, which kind of shows that, like, those two characters have, like, almost inverted roles in a way. But we'll uh, talk about Kotomine later. One last thing I wanted to say was, I like the bit where he realizes he's going to give up on this path. Hmm. That like at some point the burden of letting people or killing people for Sakura is going to get too much mm -hmm. for him, mm -hmm. which is like is such a fun. This route is 
is him refusing the premise of a bunch of other routes Mm -hmm. or the other two routes in so many ways. But this is such a fun one of like, oh, and I've also given up on my ability to just carry through on my ideals Mm -hmm. no matter what happens. Yeah, it's UBW in particular is such a like, I have no regrets. This is the only path. You know, that's kind of like the motto of UBW in a way. But like, what makes Evansfield work, I think, is that it's aware. No, there are other paths. There are all. There are other options, and like, you know, ultimately those are things that you will all throw away in sake of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's a really powerful scene. It's pro like it's. I don't know if it's my absolute favorite scene, but it's definitely up there. And that's the end of Saber for this game. No more Saber content. I don't even know if she's going to come up uh, in passing ever again. Interlude 16-3, Heaven's Feel. How's Rin doing? Uh, Rin is yelling a lot of German. I like tried for three seconds to figure out what this stuff meant, and I was like, I'm just, I don't know German. I'm, I'm giving up on this. <laughs> Rin is whooping a lot of ass. She's shooting beams like she's at full health in a Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Oh. We we get finally. This is where we get what the sword is, right? Yeah, it's it takes some explaining. Okay, uh, she and also she like clowns on Sakura for a while. Yeah, yeah. So she's like swinging the sword and shooting beams and destroying these shadow giants. And Sakura just keeps summoning more, but she destroys every single one that comes up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Sakura no idea how she's doing this and she th- her theory is that it's, they've crafted a mini excalibur that shoots excalibur yeah. <laughs> uh and uh rin's like no this is this is the second magic this is zeltrek the gem sword yeah. zeltrek and sakura's like i don't even know what that is and she's like you are by blood tosaka you should know this Rin is yeah. such an I, asshole in this bit. Rin is an unbelievable. I have a line. I I don't know where it is in here, but uh, there's a line where I'm just like, I kind of wish that uh, Rin just got smeared across the cave walls <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what the fuck is Rin doing? Okay. Uh. So the second magic is dimensional travel. Uh huh. And so this sword. There are two ways to, there are two magic sources. Ode, which is the air and mana, which is in the body. Uh-huh. Um, and so in a place like this, there's so much more mana, or there's so much more ode than there is than anyone individual yeah. could carry around. And so it makes sense to to use the mana from the air to do magic. Uh-huh. Uh but if you did that, then it would all get used up. Um mm-hmm. unless you summoned Ode from other, like, replaced this version of the cavern with a version that hadn't had the air sucked dry uh-huh. over and over and over again. Yeah, there's always man, or there's always Ode in the air to allow Rin to cast more spells. This is very funny because she's like, the only power this sword has is to cut small holes in the world <laughs> and also somehow to draw all of that magic out of the other world and then shoot it as a beam. <laughs> that, I think she's doing she's doing the beam shooting. <laughs> but it's coming from the sword, you know what I mean? Yeah, but she's like, she's using the gems in the sword because uh-huh, uh-huh. she has gem magic. Uh... So we uh, technical 
hiccup. I'm not sure what happened. Should we clap again? Or have you not stopped recording? What's happened? I haven't stopped. Uh... We can clap again at the end. We can what? Clap again at the end. Okay. As long as we don't lose another chunk. Um. Yeah, so we had a technical hiccup. Then you just said something about... um. Something about uh okay. So Rin's using Rin, the sword to shoot beams. Rin has sucked thing. an area dry. Uh and not just Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. Um uh, <laughs> Rin has sucked the air dry of mana uh when she summoned Archer. But you said that that's a summoning, not like a not three kilometers of a magic mountain. <laughs> It was her room. <laughs> it was okay. her basement, but yeah. Smaller even. <laughs> her, okay. her basement is bigger than her bedroom. It didn't look that big. And her basement looks like pretty decently sized to me. Okay. Maybe not bigger than her room. <laughs> How about we talk- it doesn't really matter if it's five square feet bigger than her bedroom. We're talking about the difference between a room and a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we're not in a mountain. We're in a cave. We're a three kilometers <laughs> from diameter cave. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine, for taking my side for once. <laughs> not anyway. that you haven't taken my side before. I'm just not used to being backed up by someone. Oh. <laughs> it is cool that Sakura, that uh, Rin is chopping into other worlds to use magic yeah. from them. That's pretty cool. I I wonder if there are, you know, Hundreds of other Rins out there <laughs> suddenly completely fucked because of stealing the energy from the air. Either yeah. that, or the, either that, or they're stealing energy from other Rins, and they this just goes in a circle. She does say that there are infinite parallel uh-huh, worlds, uh-huh. and so presumably in a lot of those, like a lot of those are fate and the limited blade works route. Yeah, where Rin is not in this no, cave right now. Yeah, no one's in this cave. <laughs> okay, okay. And worst case, if she does steal from another Rin, hey, guess what, Ben? There are even more uh, parallel worlds that either Rin got here not having this sword, and oh, it's going to go badly for you, or uh, they're unlimited Blade Rex and Fate route. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Angraman, you're just looking down from the black sun and just like noticing all the magic gets sucked into your little pinprick in the wall. <laughs> Sakura starts throwing an extremely Shinji style tantrum uh, over this. She has Shinji sprite. She, she even like copies his mannerisms. It's yeah, it's off putting. Wild. Um, it's wild how fast you can get me to dislike a character by just making them have Shinji expressions. And like, <laughs> uh, I I love Sakura's rant here. It's it's like, just like damn yeah. Sometimes you know when you have it particularly rough, you do kind of just hate everyone around you who has it less rough. <laughs> oh, I get it. But one last like, thing. What? Uh this explanation of how Zeltric works is the closest that Natsu's ever gotten to uh copying Uchikoshi's prose. Oh yeah. In terms of like here's how this very complicated thing works and its dimensions and like there are mm-hmm. infinite parallel worlds. I I wonder I wonder if Uchikoshi had started writing by 2002. Yes. His first VN was uh, was 
2000 or 2001. Okay. That or he had worked in games before that, but I think the first one that he wrote and directed is mm. oh, Planner Scenario Writer 1999 on Memories Off, and then 2000 is Never Seven. Mm-hmm. What a bad game! <laughs> every every time, never. I don't get mad. I I'm not like a person who gets mad. I don't like. Okay, there are very few exceptions. I don't usually just look at something and go this should not exist i am i am angry at its existence never seven has made it onto the very short list of things that i'm just like this this consuming this piece of media was such an unpleasant experience <laughs> and not not in the like oh it made me feel unpleasant emotions in the like it was boring and nothing happened and none of the characters were well written just a oh <laughs> and uh that was fen's random never seven hate minute <laughs> <laughs> that two years later he writes ever 17 which is a very good game as uh-huh. far as i remember is just like how do you i guess he improved a lot in those two years mm-hmm. oh you gotta just write out a stinker it. before you can get good i guess Okay. Rin and Sakura have the same magical energy capacity because they're sisters. Yeah. This is how Rin is able to keep up with her. Sakura has infinite energy but can only let out so much at a time. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, there's a very cool uh, CG of Rin holding oh, the sword. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Uh, Rin is also not saying that her body is going to give out soon. <laughs> Using the sword is tearing her apart from the inside, apparently. I got the vibe that that was just. Yeah, because it's like a 10-pound sword that she's swinging around, and she's not used to doing that. <laughs> it said it was tearing her muscles apart. That sounds a little more intense. That's what happens every time you work out, Ben. <laughs> every time you exert your muscles, they tear a little. That's not like it's- A little, Ben! Um, either way, it does not matter, because she cannot... Whether or not it is something magical, or it is just because she's swinging a heavy object, she cannot do this forever, and Sakura can. That's yes. my point. Stop fighting me. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Sakura does a big rant. She screams. Sakura's point here basically is that all she's ever wanted is for Rin to tell her, compliment her once mm-hmm. about anything ever. Uh, and how Rin couldn't even give her that. Sakura has never been coddled the way that she wants, Ben. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, she's like, I have a miserable life, worse than any- most people could even imagine, and I want to die, but I can't kill myself. I just was hoping that you would help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rin just lets her rant for a while about how much the Mato family sucks and how she's miserable because no one saved her and et cetera, et cetera. And what is Rin's conclusion to this? Yeah, Rin just responds, I've never felt blessed, right? Or does she say... Well, okay, okay, she... Rin says some of the most fucked up shit I ever heard. (laughs) Rin's like, I don't care. I don't care about other people's problems. I have problems too, you know? And you're just too weak to get over it. But, uh, it's... It's such a good fit, because it real Like, you know, one, I just think it's great characterization for Rin. And... It like it makes you convinced that she really might just do it, you know. It's such an 
asshole thing to say. It's like, yeah, Rin, yeah, sure, you've had it rough for sure, for definite sure. It's been kind of tough on you. I don't think you can really compare your experiences. Yeah. Sakura is furious at this. Uh, and then Rin's like, okay, I have to kill her. And she chucks the gem sword at Sakura and it blows it up like a flash grenade so, uh -huh. that she can get, so that she can get close and stab Sakura with a regular knife that she has. Very funny. Extra it's real, like, Unlimited Blade Works uh, bare-knuckle boxing caster energy. <laughs> uh-huh. And Sakura, inexperienced, confused, angry, scared, can't do anything about this. Uh... What happens when Rin approaches her with the knife? Well, uh, Rin can't actually do it. Rin, pride comes before a big win. Rin always fails at the most crucial moment. Although I don't know that I'd call this one a failure. No, I, I would say this is kind of the opposite. This is the moment where she really succeeds when she needs to. She did, she did fail to do the thing she set out to do. Yeah. Yes. But it turned out good. Now. Well, well, the thing that she, this does not solve the problem. Okay, it doesn't solve the problem, and now Rin has a stab wound in her stomach. Yes, okay. We get a, a flash to Sakura's perspective, and Sakura's like, yeah, this tracks. No one has ever done anything kind for me. Of course, even my sister is just going to stab me to death at the end of my life. Uh-huh. And then instead, Rin hugs her. This is a cute CG. Mm -hmm. uh, Sakura did tear a hole through her stomach, though. The way it fades in is really good. Uh huh. Um. Rin is like, I'm even stupider than Shiro because at least he knew he couldn't do it. Uh, Rin finally says something nice to Sakura. I, I maintain that if Rin had just said, like, complimented Sakura earlier, we might not be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so many opportunities for Rin to, like, be empathetic to Sakura early yeah. on, and instead she says, you're a fucking loser baby, and you just need to get over yourself. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victims just need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, <sighs> says Rin. Yup. Um, this, real quick. Yes. While we're here. Actually, let's get to the end of the interlude. Rin apologizes for not being able to save Sakura, thanks her for wearing the ribbons that she gave her, or the ribbon, and then falls to the ground, uh, presumed by Sakura to be dead. Mm -hmm. Sakura starts crying uh, and, and like it's like you know what Rin did also have it tough <laughs> no one's life is perfect uh huh this is so funny because um, what were we talking about oh in we were talking about in Celine how she was like your misery is like pedestrian and everyday and normal and I'm like Sakura's having that realization right now except Sakura spent 11 years in a worm sex dungeon pit and I don't think her misery is pedestrian <laughs> or normal or every day. Yeah. Well, I, I, to be fair, I don't think the game is saying that. I think more of the point is, like, the sister who she admires is also just a person like her. Yes, that's the part That's the part of this that does work, is that she's like, oh, I just thought that Rin was happy. And it turns yeah. out that no one's happy. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because, like, if you look at, you know, if you look at Fate Stay Night's, like, core cast of characters, right? Like, shorthand for, like, Shiro Heroines, Archer, Kojimine. Like, Rin is the one who is the most stable and kind of also looks the most stable. Mm -hmm. 
And there's kind of, you know, like, Sakura idealizes her, Shira idealizes her, and, like, even Shinji idealizes her in his, like, own fucked up Shinji way. Mm-hmm. And I do really like how all of that kind of, like, three roots of Rin characterization, like, just culminates here, too. No, she also is, like, a bit fucked up. She just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it works. Now, could you imagine if we delved into any of this stuff in the Rin room? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think Rin's plotline is so linked to Sakura's that you kind of have to do it here. You don't really have a choice. It really... The more... Yeah. Yeah. You're, you are correct, and it feels like... Like... Uh, Nasu planning Heaven's Feel was like, oh, yeah, and this is where Rin's plot goes. Yeah. <laughs> Wrote Unlimited Blade Works and was like, huh, well, there's really nothing left for this one, huh? Yeah, I, I kind of like, I, I like the way it's structured because I think UBW, like, sort of, it serves to, like, reinforce the, like, ideal Rin before you see the real one in Heaven's Feel. Yeah, I guess for me, I wish that I wish that either there were more routes, uh-huh. so that they could have been shorter, or that route length had been able to vary more. Mm-hmm. Make make unlimited blade works like ten days long, and I yeah. think I'm way higher on it. They just cut some of those fucking fights. Uh <laughs> yeah, that that that's fair. Okay, let's keep okay, going. Interlude out real quick before we move on. This is one of the places. Where having bad ends makes this really weird. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so what is the difference between this Sakura and the one who was standing on top of the cliff going, ha 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 ha, oh. I ate her? Well, that's because she oh. ate her. Yeah, I. So wh- left alone long enough that she actually just did it. Because no, I just for an unknown amount of time. I think the idea is that because um because Saber is alive, and you know oh, they don't show right. yeah they don't show it because we see it from Shiro's perspective. But like because Saber is alive, presumably at some point in the fight. Sakura calls Saber back, and then Saber kills Ren, and then Sakura eats her. That makes sense. Because mm-hmm. they don't have that moment. Rin never has the chance to say nice things to her. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, say, like Saber I, kills I her have, before have, we. The possible reason. Uh huh. It is just the the yeah, and I'll talk about it more when we get to a full game wrap up. This but... happened a lot in Tsukihime, right? It was like there's you hit like a choice that's unrelated to why the bad end is happening. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I think the, the bad ends are better about having choices that are actually lead to the bad end, but it is still the thing of how do I square the Sakura who was standing on top of that thing going, ha ha ha, I'm torturing Rin. Isn't Mm -hmm. it nice? And like this Sakura who, and yes, you are probably right that it is. Oh, Rin said literally one nice thing and suddenly she's fixed. But yeah, it does suck that but, that's like the pivot point for the entirety of Sakura's character yeah. is that she needs her sister to say, uh, you did a good job once. Yeah. It's just, it's not that interesting. <laughs> okay. Interlude out. Interlude out. 
Shiro hears fighting in the distance as he approaches, or as the Azoth sword falls apart in his hands because he used it to stab Saber. He starts to drag his metal-filled living corpse towards the cavern. Uh, he tells Ryder to catch up to him when she recovers, and she's like, you're, you're really, like, running me ragged here, man. <laughs> but also, she wants to see him go, because yeah. otherwise, you know, so- Rin might kill Sakura. He's uh, tearing his body apart as he moves because he's got swords sticking out of every bit of him, mm-hmm. like a porcupine. Uh, but he's like, ah, I'm just going to not think about it too much. He gets into the cavern. He sees the greater grail. Ungramanu is about to be born, seemingly trying to rush its birth because it knows that Rin could kill it with, mm-hmm. uh, with the kaleidoscope, with the sword. He sees a big flash of light, which is pre- presumably that sword exploding. Mm-hmm. And uh, a moment later, here's Sakura screaming and crying. He starts climbing the cliff. It's so funny that they have to cl- scale a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's good kind thing. of lighted. It's a good thing that uh, Kojimine gave him all that free climbing yeah. practice. <laughs> you think, do you think that's why Rin was able to get up? Because she's been free climbing with Kojimine? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I, for, for sure. For real. Oh. Um. Uh, Kotamine makes Rin hold the like anchor line for him and he falls off the wall on purpose and she just goes whipping up into the <laughs> Anyway, at the top of the, the wall, uh, assuming that he's going to see Rin about to kill Sakura, he instead sees Rin on the ground bleeding out and Sakura backing away in a panic. Uh, this is Her face is cute here. This is such a funny Manio voice. This is the cutest Sakura has ever looked. <laughs> it does look pretty cute. It is very funny that her dress has transformed into evil mummy wrappings. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> it doesn't look bad, but it is very funny. It's probably her cutest outfit, <laughs> honestly. Sakura uh, manages to get out that she's killed Rin, even though Rin finally admitted that she loves her. She's blaming herself. She's sorry. She should have trusted him, etc., etc. She's trying to reject the power of Angermanyu finally, which she has not done up to this point. And she's trying to kill herself before it gets born, but the uh, shades are stopping her mm-hmm. and trying to pin her down. Shiro's like, damn, I should have also just been nicer to her when she first showed up, Jokerified. You know what I mean? Because I remember when she showed up, he was like stoically silent and didn't talk to oh, her. Oh, right. And it's like, right. damn, dude, why? Why did you do that? I would be a little surprised if my girlfriend turned into... He knew this was a possibility. Yeah, but there's a difference between knowing something okay. is a possibility. I know, okay, ben, I know that you could possibly stab someone tomorrow. That is something that could <laughs> is, happen. Okay, uh, what are the probabilities of that, though? Because it's not as high as Sakura going evil mode when he knows that she's already eating people. But my point is... <laughs> We're talking about Shiro, the guy who can't shut the fuck up and try and help people. And yes. he sees Sakura obviously in pain turning into a monster. And he's like, I better just stand here stoically and wait for her to go away. Uh. <laughs> Watch something. We watched, maybe I'm just thinking of, no, it was something else. But, um, oh, it was probably Nagiyasu. Uh, mm-hmm. Has a bunch of scenes of one like you know two girls going different directions and one of them falls over and a and a boy is stuck in the middle going oh no which one should i run to <laughs> and 
that is Sakura and Rin over and over again mm-hmm. for Shiro. And Shiro at every turn is like, hey, Rin, what's going on? How are you doing? And Sakura, <laughs> just look at me for once. You <sighs> In that sense, I really think Kevin Seal benefits from there being an earlier Rin route. Because like the idea that Rin and Shiro do have this natural chemistry that Sakura kind of feels envious of and threatened by is something that like we the player also understand they have I, zero chemistry and unlimited uh, works. okay that is true they but they have yes they have great chemistry in heaven's feel and they're like good as like pretty close friends in sabers route yes 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 that's yes. The thing. they have great friend chemistry but as soon as it turns to romance, it just falls completely the fuck apart. I I, I agree. We, we Which to... would be great if they we, was the point. We can't talk about that. <laughs> Shiro rushes forward to check on Rin, which is the great choice in this case, because Sakura thinks she's dead. And he tells her that uh, Rin's actually still alive and mm-hmm. that they both have to work together to save her. Yep. Sakura cools off, but Angermanyu is in control of the shade now and is whipping tentacles at Shiro, trying to chop him in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, she starts putting herself down as she cries that she's not even going to be able to stop it from killing Shiro. And, uh, let's see. She tries to get him to take Rin and run, leave her to die. And he's like, I'm going to save both of you. And Sakura's like, you can't. And also, how many people have I killed already? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he says that she has to pull herself up by the bootstraps and take responsibility for all those crimes that she committed. How? <laughs> but okay, to I, to be fair, he I does. Where it goes uh, with this. Yeah, but yeah. In this moment, it's it's a very like I flash back to the question that we got about uh, Tsukihime characters and accountability, and be like, "What do you do? Do you go door to door and be like, yes, 'Yes, I'm sorry, I ate your son'?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, I do like the emphasis in the in this scene that, you know, it is ultimately all born out of her own darkness and repressed feelings. And uh, I kind of want to talk about Sakura Kotomine parallel. Should I do that here? Or should I do that when Kotomine shows up? Let's let's talk when we get to Kotomine. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm happy to do that. Shiro whips I will, off the shroud. What? I will say that this is once again a like Shiki in Skihime's excuse is always oh it was Roa who that did mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. oh it was the nani upload that did that mm-hmm. it was never me it was never and me conscious i absolutely refuse to have this conversation with you right now yeah, you know yeah i would i would also get okay. on ben's case i don't think sukihime says that but this is not the place to do that maybe <laughs> like i'm on ben's side here Go ahead, Ben. You could say one more thing, but I won't argue with you. Saying that for a for to the point of this is Sakura saying, no, this is this is all my fault. I don't think it's that different. No, I don't either, but in the not (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, we're we're not gonna do Shroud off. (gasps) Jiro is going to protect her. Uh and also, the shadow tentacles whipping at him are bouncing off of his metal body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty funny. This this is also a very fun twist here. What has he been saving his final projection for? This galaxy-brained, just like rule thing. break, rule breaker, rule breaker, which we've established before, just kind of does whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
In this moment, it's it is described this... as a dagger that breaks all magical bonds. Yes, yes, yes. yes in this case, it's set to the free soccer from all <laughs> imprisonments uh, setting. And he says, this is your punishment for being bad. And she's like, oh, he's going to kill me. Excellent. And then he stabs her with a rule breaker and mm-hmm. cuts her ties to Angermanyu. Uh, I really do just like the idea of like, sure, oh, you know. Sakura can't forgive herself for her own darkness, and, you know, she's kind of, it's all coming at Shiro, and, like, Shiro, you know, just chooses to accept it, and it's, I, I like that. It kind of reminds me of, like, how in UBW, Saber, brackets, not Rin, says a lot, um, is the one who is, like, confronted with Shiro's darkness in the form of Archer, and, like, ultimately still chooses to stand by him. Mm-hmm. Shiro, we get a CG of smiling Shiro with like swords sticking out. He look he has orthopathy. Mm-hmm. Uh he's got anime girl wasting disease. He uses rule breaker and we get this incredibly funny, inexplicable titty shot of yes. as his dress explodes. <laughs> Very funny. Uh yeah. She falls unconscious. Rin is also unconscious, but her magic crest is a terrible parasite that's trying to keep her alive for its own sake. Mm-hmm. So Magic crests are fun. I like magic crests. Yeah. They seem awful. Yeah. Now, Shiro has a terrible realization that Angermanyu is maybe a premature birth, but it's viable, unfortunately, in this case. Even if the cavern collapses, it's probably going to be born. Mm-hmm. He drags himself towards Angermanyu, planning to project Excalibur and use it to kill Angermanyu, and then drag both girls to, to safety before the cavern collapses. Luckily, Ryder shows up to do the second half of that because there's yes. no way he could do that. He doesn't know who that is. Yep. <laughs> he's like, she looks trustworthy. <laughs> does, does, does she look trustworthy? Like, if I'm just looking at Ryder with, like, all my memory of who she is gone, I don't know if I agree with that. I but... trust her. I trust a goth. <laughs> <laughs> um, me about to get fucked over by Tsukasa. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we've talked about how I would just fall head over heels for Tsukasa if she ever uh-huh. showed up in my life. Get screwed over by the goth butch <laughs> together. Uh, he tells Ryder to take Rin and Sakura to the surface and says he'll catch up. And uh, he says that Rin needs treatment and Sakura could still be vulnerable to Angermanyu's influence. Mm-hmm. So she says she's going to come back to get him. And she says that he needs to survive this too. Sakura needs him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He turns back to face his fate. And we have a split here. Or we have a branch off. Yes. If you have made the choice to go to the normal end, this is where you start. You have a scene that is specific to the normal end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover the everything leading up to the epilogue for the normal end and then jump on to the main path again. It's interesting. Yeah, this is a weird one because you can get the normal end here, uh-huh. and you should. Mm-hmm. And then after you've gotten the true end, you can. There's a choice at the end mm-hmm. that is: uh, do you get the true end or do you get the normal end mm-hmm. just next to the true end rather than here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I think it was I think it's just a matter of like having both endings conveniently available. I think narratively it's very much meant to mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I really like this monologue that Shiro has. Oh, it's so good. He like just wishes he could have like 
any more time to live even if it's miserable uh-huh because he knows it's coming this he, is great this he's is really wishing for another day do you it, yeah do you want to read this uh chunk of text yeah but right now i would love to have something so insignificant just a day an hour or even a minute if i can live i want to stay here as long as i can no matter how miserable it may be ben nodding in agreement nodding in yeah. agreement yeah me no come for me death <laughs> Not today, death, says Celine, coming out of the window in a beam of light. Ben astral projecting. <laughs> no, here's a ring. We're married now. I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> uh, when we get there, can I read the bit, like, just before the ending cuts to the epilogue? Because I really love that bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do I have that? I don't know. Okay, you have that. Okay. Shiro's mind is giving out. His memories fade as he approaches the Greater Grail. He, the last thing that he holds on to is his re- uh, member, remembering that he's supposed to see the cherry blossoms of Sakura. Yeah. His body dies, but his soul has left it pre-programmed to swing Excalibur. Uh-huh. Uh, there is no sound effects as uh, the destruction happens, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's like this great, like, oh, I'm watching this from somewhere else, mm-hmm. like, moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's so good. It like it just the the body dies, but the soul remains. Just one of the best lines. And I also you know love, but even without human intelligence, there are machines that weave many dreams in this world. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. Oh, I almost screenshot that, but I didn't. His last memory is Sakura and this promise. Yep. And then uh, we cut to the epilogue, which we are not going to do right now. We'll talk about in a bit. Now, cut back to Shiro approaching the Greater Grail after oh. talking to his rider. He's in bad shape, but he has projected one fewer times, so mm-hmm. he's not in as bad shape. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the midwife has shown up. <laughs> Who's here? It's Kotamine. Bad news. My dude! Uh, at least he has clothes on. He does have clothes on. He was wearing something under his robes, which makes sense. But uh-huh. with Kotamine... I believe that he wasn't wearing anything under those. <laughs> Kotamina's like, oh, damn, I was hoping we would both end up here. And I was like, I really was not hoping that <laughs> both of you would end up here. Yeah. Here's a great time to... This conversation goes on forever. Uh-huh. Uh, day 16. Really cool, like, thematic conclusions to this route. It's pacing as a narrative thing is awful i i we had another uh, fight <laughs> i love kotamine's long ass speech i'm sorry it's it's very good i like it it is a it is an essay this is yeah. no longer this is no longer a narrative that is being told it has become an essay <laughs> we have to read his thesis <laughs> okay uh an ideals fight Yes. Remind you, it looks a lot like a Cthulhu type monster inside uh-huh. the Grail. Uh, Kotamina is like, I told you I was going to do this exact thing. I don't know why you thought that it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Shiro can't project Excalibur because Kotamina is too fast and will kill him before he can manage it. For and... some, real quick, Ben, for some reason, Shiro can't project Excalibur. He was able to put to project swords in his fight with Saber. 
Not well, okay, yes. Okay. Uh, to be fair, like th those are Concho and Bakia, which you know, on top of a not being literally Excalibur, are also Archer's signature swords. Where was Kotamine in the normal end version of this? Did he just like not make it in time? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. for some smokes. And I I think uh, this is uh... in a monk cafe <laughs> taking a break because he's out of breath. This this uh, this is peeping ahead a bit, but if you like really want to like try to justify it on a like literal narrative level, maybe maybe he just dropped dead a bit sooner. <laughs> um, this is also the normal end narratively works better where it is, mm -hmm. but also because you can get it at the end of the day, uh, that kind of feels like where it is narratively in terms of oh yeah. Shiro has this fight with Kotamine and then projects with Calibur. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Kotamine uh, starts giving us a 101 philosophy lesson on the nature of good and evil. Um, I have I have pushed back against claims that this game restates exactly the same thing a lot of times. He has said almost word for word what he says here <laughs> before. Yeah. Um. He, he his claim is that Angermanu is not evil because it hasn't had a choice to a chance to choose to be good or evil, regardless of the fact that it is actively killing people with its mind against ever even Sakura's will. <laughs> and also, he says that if it's not capable of feeling guilt, this is this is Tsukihime, baby. If it's not capable of feeling guilt, it cannot be capable of committing sin, and it yeah. is not uh, evil. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it in one sense that like, oh yeah, that's like an interesting, weird church philosophy, right? And in the other sense, I'm like, it's literally the ontological concept of evil, man. <laughs> uh, you know that. Yes. I ha I have many thoughts about this stuff, but I I'd like I'd rather wait till he said his whole speech. Before saying them, Kotamine wants to live as wants to know if it's a crime to be born this way, mm -hmm. as uh, Lady Gaga plays in the background, <laughs> and he hopes that Angermanu will answer those questions for him. Uh, Shiro thinks that this is dumb bullshit, and that Kotamine has been using Sakura for weird petty reasons. Kotamine doesn't care about that. And mm -hmm. uh, what is Shiro's unfortunate realization in this moment? Oh, yeah, come to me, they rules, actually. <laughs> gay! 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 Hero finally admits that he and Kotamina are the same kind of guy. Like, uh, like weirdos who have slavishly devoted themselves to a cause because they feel like it's the only way they can atone for their sins. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, he just finds Kotamina fun to hang out with because they're both the same kind of loser. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, Kotamine opines not being normal and says he's going to take it out on Shiro. And uh, these two guys fight to the death outside of the parking lot of a Denny's. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Around you is Denny's in this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, I'm just like shit. Oh, you go first. Yeah, before you, you take too long. Uh, real quick. Um, This conversation is too long. Yes. I already kind of said that. And like... It is cool thematically, uh -huh. but this is a narrative being told, and it completely ruins the pacing. Um, 
I think that this would be a great epilogue in the same way that Archer fighting Shiro gets a like, oh, okay, actually, I like I remember why I started down this path. I did hate that epilogue, but I get what you mean. Uh, well, yeah, I think I think you, it'd just be shorter. He can get his point across quicker. Um, or have this fight somewhere else. Like Sakura gets five minutes, maybe, and then is shuffled off for Shiro to fight Kotomine. We talked with Marin the other day of what if the what if the end of the route was just Rin hugging Sak- Sakura? Yeah, perfect, <laughs> great. Um, well, like, if you if you want to wrap up this plot thread, yeah. I think there there are other places to do it. Yeah, than here, because again, it's like oh, Shiro saved Sakura and uh, is now going to defeat the b- big bad evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very clearly the ending. Oh, whoops! Nope, actually, there's a second climax that's even bigger than the last uh-huh. one. I I would argue it's smaller because they're not doing anything big or flashy. They're just punching at each other like idiots because they're idiots. This is such a like, it's so. This feels like the end of like any other battle shonen, though. In in that sense of like, oh, we've used up all of our ninjutsu. Now all we can do is slug it out. That that is okay. fair. I do think My it. Two thoughts. One sec. First thought. It's so, I hate that Kotamine is using that boring guy from Unlimited Blade Works martial arts like fighting style. He's, He's using just... something similar. Is the is my complaint? Two. It's very funny that he has to punch a boy made of swords. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my two thoughts. Yeah, I think. Um, I I guess I'll just get started on my little ramble because I'll be honest. This bit was why I wanted to be on this episode. So, <laughs> um, what I re- what I really like about this stuff is like i think it just like i think the reason it has to be here is that it's the it is the thematic closure to like everything the game has been about including the stuff in the first two routes because like kotomine in this moment he is basically just archer you know he is a guy who knows that he is stupid and miserable and he hates himself for it, but he doesn't know how to do anything else. And in UBW, all Shiro can really say to that is, you know, well, sure, but let's keep doing it. You know, what the fuck else are we going to do? And I think it's really great how, like, you can revisit that similar conflict here, and, like, Kotomine's real character flaws that, like, at the end of the day, you know, he needs Angramanyu to justify him, and he needs Angramanyu to forgive his existence. He's still sort of living on that plane of, like, seeking an ideal and a salvation that he can never reach. And Shiro has learned, nah, dude, it's fine. You know, we can just be happy. And that... Pill, pill, bud. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's, like, a great... You know, I it's a I think it's a great payoff to like what the novel has kind of spent its entire run doing about like existential like dread and like this you know how like people use ideals to like search for meaning in their lives. Mm-hmm. So just having all that like culminate here in like this way, it's really powerful for me. And I also do think it's interesting uh, how like Kotamina and Sakura are also kind of the same. They don't do anything with this, unfortunately. But they're both, like, 
good people with sicko urges who like feel this who like simultaneously indulge in it but also feel this like intense self-hatred for that and i think that stuff's interesting too yeah i don't think you're wrong about any of that i think it's just clunky you know what i mean it's just too long <laughs> yeah see my my internal curse and this is not just faith sin i i love it whenever the book i'm reading stops for a philosophy info dump like that's just one of my favorite things so if it was all if it was new information maybe i would but they've already had this argument yeah that, that's they've fair had, well, they've had part of this argument. yes no, yeah they've they've had part statement of the thesis again and it's like oh Demina, you're not teaching a lecture is <laughs> uh, the problem is that he is and i find it this this was not the part where i started hammering the skip the like go forward button as fast as possible <laughs> that doesn't come till the next kotamine scene let's move on yeah okay. interlude 16-4 heaven's field hey literally exactly the same thing i said about the <laughs> kotamine scene is like oh yeah cool this is like a like good thematic closure but it it again as as ruined as the pacing of this day was already somehow it's even worse now yeah i do think it's worth considering that heaven's feel is originally supposed to be two roots yes yes yeah which is probably a big reason it's like this is because it has to do two roots worth of lifting in one yeah yeah okay okay i remember you remember me back in the Tsukihime days, uh, I think the CL route actually, being kind of baffled about the weirdly like poignant, tearful farewell that Roa got. Ah, oh, that bit was so good. <laughs> Again, this is the same thing, except a character that I find even less interesting gets it. Yeah. Before I, I was like, like, kind of like, does Roa really deserve this? He just is like a real unpleasant guy. And now it's Zoken, and I'm like, damn. I guess bring back Roa if you gotta have this guy. <laughs> Zogan's still fucking alive. Somehow. He's trying to find a new worm to put himself into while making the most annoying noises. This is like the worst kind of ASMR. His voice acting in this bit, it really sucks. And it I... Uh, Comically this long scene and repetitive, and he keeps fucking doing it for this so scene long. On its own, is an argument that uh, Rialtanua should not have added voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, unfortunately, the Kotamina eating Mapo Tofu scene is a stronger argument that it should have. <laughs> so true. You know the whole thing that we've been told the whole game about how the Makiri died out just because Japan sucks for the Makiri? Yeah. Uh, it's actually because no one liked Zoken. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just hit the bricks because of Zoken. No, this is what it is. It's like, uh, it's the uh, Desher zone. Hit the bricks. You don't have to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just just go away. Uh-huh. With Zoken. <laughs> um, Zoken is trying to pull himself together. Who stops him? Or who interrupts him? Ilya! Sort of! Justice. It's Justice von Einsberg. Weirdly Winter horny Saint. Ilya. 
Because Ilya is wearing the dress of heaven, which I think is a good outfit, but definitely like weird horny. It's, yes. Is it? Uh, maybe I'm just not looking at it right, like, but I, I don't get the vibes. Spared. She's wearing garters. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, fair. She has like a she has like a womb gemstone. Does she? Uh I'm I'm looking at this CG right now. I'm not seeing it. It's not the worst it could be, but okay, yes she does. Yeah, she's got like I think it might be a belly button jewelry jewelry piece. But yeah, it could be hornier, but it is a little horny. Yes. Um she's like a sexy baby pope is what yeah. she's like dressed up as. Yeah. Um Oh yeah, I didn't even notice that you said if a little if a little weird horny. Uh huh. Um, I thought I was gonna be the only one coming here and going like, no. Um, okay. Justice died to create the Greater Grail. Token calls her his partner, and it seems like it may have had a romantic relationship. Yeah, he definitely has the hots for her. Yes, but like the the way it's played definitely sounds like there was something there. He she asks, "Hey, why didn't you want to die?" And then he finally remembers, oh, right, like, I wanted to to build paradise. Actually, I was a good guy this whole time. Whoops. Anyway, I'm going to die peacefully, having realized that my remembered my dream. This, this is so nothing to me. <laughs> well, I, okay, I understand that response. Mm-hmm. But also, just... this is like, oh, this is Archer. Mm-hmm. This is like, you cannot live for an ideal. Because you will end up becoming, uh, you know, a decrepit old man who has, who, whose only care is himself. Zokin is just like a cartoon supervillain for so long. It's hard for me to like attribute anything to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am simultaneously on team Ben and team Fen. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think you're wrong. I definitely think this scene has some thematic value. Um though I would argue a difference between Zokin and Archer is like Archer talks like he's a big selfish asshole. Usually he's not really. Zokin Zokin has like gone even further and is like genuinely the thing Archer thinks he is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um Yeah. This is this is one of those things. This is, I think, like the main thing that gets hit by the root crunch. Because if this was a reveal in soccer at the end of Sakura's route, and then we still had Elias to like actually explore it, I think it could work. That's interesting. But it's like it just rings so hollow with Zokin just being like a cackling like rapist supervillain for the entire route. Mm-hmm. He's just such an exhausting character. Okay, Zokin cuts ties with life willingly, uh, as he realizes his beautiful dream, which is over now, and then uh, we get an interlude out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I will say, scene doesn't, I, I don't think the scene works, like, perfect, but hot damn, there are some, like, really strong individual lines of dialogue here, like, how small is the wish of not wanting to die compared to pursuing a wish that will not come true? I will say, this made me very curious about Justice. <laughs> yeah. I wanted more of Justice. 
Well, Ilya's root in the grinder, so... <laughs> the fighting is still going on. <laughs> These Battle boys rages. are still punching each other. Oh, God. Um, Kotamina is just beating the shit out of Shiro like he's the big hunk of meat in Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, he, Shiro's like, I have to live for Sakura, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And... Kotamine's point here is we're both losers fighting for a meaningless purpose. And he's like, no, I'm fighting for a girl. So I'm better than <laughs> I'm here to protect women. Kotamine. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, how does this fight end? Cause I, I just was hammering the, the space bar at this point. Okay. So this, uh, wait, do you, should Fen do it? Should I do it? So, whoops. I just went on reflex. Notes written down. You don't have any I'm, notes written down. I'm, oh, to Ben doing this. Okay. If I remember, I don't have a beat by bit. I don't think we need. Oh it. no, we don't need the beat right. by beat. Kotamine uh punches him in the stomach, really hard, and Shiro goes down. And he's like, "Damn, I'm gonna die!" And then Kotamine just two thirds of the way through a punch to Shiro, his body gives out, and. You know, you'd think that Angramanyu, which is bonded with Kotamine, would use its power to give him a power-up to fight Shiro. <laughs> <gasps> to be fair, I don't know if it can do that, but... Um, and so, yeah, Kotamine's body gives out, basically, before he can kill Shiro. Yes. It is It is kind of interesting that this, like, ideology fight comes down to, uh, I had three seconds less than you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I, I do have a little bit to say about that, not too much. <laughs> um... I think the idea, or at least if I'm reading it in, like, you know, if I, the way I read it is, like, Shiro is someone who is traumatized because, like, in the fire, he ultimately survived for no reason. Mm. And it's kind of the same here, right? He has no moral victory over Kotamine. He just ends up surviving, but this time, you know, unlike the fire where this leaves him with, you know, crippling survivor's guilt for a decade, he's able to say, you know, fuck it, if I'm alive, I'm gonna keep going, you know, I will step over you to live, which kind of ties into what Shiro and Kotamine talked about at the start of the route, you know, does Shiro have the right? Mm-hmm. Now... Let's move on to where it gets good again. <laughs> Shiro goes to use Excalibur to destroy the Grail. Uh, and he's like, well, I should find another way or I won't get back to Sakura. But there is no other way. So he starts to make Excalibur. But oh. what interrupts him? Ilya calls out to him. Uh, real being... quick, before that, uh, one thing we should probably know is that Kotamine does like get a last smile before he dies. They kind of leave it like, you know, he's found some sort of peace with himself, though they don't like, you know, they don't say what exactly it is. He was thinking about that Mapu Tofu. <laughs> Indeed. Or he was thinking about his boyfriend, Chiro. <laughs> Ilya is here, fun. Yeah. I'd love to see her. What's what's she doing? Um, she's here to perform the third sor sorcery. Her theme music is very good. Or third magic. Um, wait, gay clown music? Do you mean Lorelei? Yeah. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Um, 
Yeah, we we only see, or Shiro only sees her back mm-hmm. as she's facing the grill. Yeah, yeah. Um, she says she's gonna close the gate. Yeah, which she said she wasn't gonna do, but now she's gonna do it. Yes. Um. Yeah, she He's... asks if he wants to live, no matter what happens to him. Uh, and he cannot remember her name. Uh, but he's crying. He's like, yeah, yeah, I do want to live on. Um, and she says that she was hoping he would get to live instead of her. Then I'll show you a miracle. Great. Oh, oh, it's, it's so like, as far as like pure emotions go, this is like the most emotional scene in the game for me. Shout outs to Ilya. Dark yeah. incredible character. Incredible. And like, I'll show you a miracle is like such a great line because like Ilya up to this point, like she is such a like resigned person who knows that like she is nothing, has nothing, can do nothing. But <laughs> in spite of that, she's through meeting Shiro and interacting with him in this route, she's able to get enough hope to tell him that, you know, there is a miracle. Mm-hmm. She says goodbye, and that the, she was glad there were siblings, even if they weren't actually like related by blood. Uh, da, 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 da. There's a great okay. We finally get the bit that Ilya is older than Shiro because he told her once that the big brother has to protect the little sister, and she's like, "Well, actually, I'm your older sister, so I guess I have to protect you." Uh huh. Great. Uh, also, if you think about it, he starts the game being saved by Kiritsuku, and he ends the game being saved by Ilya. Shit. Uh huh. He finally remembers her name and calls out to her, but he's enveloped in light and can't see her anymore. And we get the the CG of her faced away. She finally faces us smiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little like poem that uh, scrolls by that I didn't really get to write down because it goes fast. I something go through it. But, yeah. Something about the dream coming to an end. You know, classic Nasu wrap up stuff. Then Shiro is looking up through water towards the sky. He's weak. He's helpless. He's sinking, and he's got Rin's pendant. Which gives him enough strength to reach out, and he, uh, we, we get the blue so- sky CG. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's the end of uh, the true end r- version. All right, so we're back after a day break, uh, so we might be feeling different. accidentally ate dairy mm-hmm. without taking a lactate. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And so I felt, I was like, I was fine up until I absolutely wasn't, and I was uh-huh. sitting here for like just sweating profusely, uh-huh. and like my stomach was... Uh, felt like it was being stabbed. Oh, Christ. Uh, and so we stopped for the night. Um, yeah, we, we considered continuing to go. We got right up to the the uh, end of the, the root stuff. Yeah. Before the epilogues. And we were, like, considering trying to push through. But Fen was, like, just looking at me kind of with glazed eyes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Turns out it was a good thing that we stopped. Because I... <laughs> You didn't feel any better for like I did not two feel hours. Better for like three hours. Three two, hours. Two or three hours. Um. Okay. So, 
Where the fuck are we? Uh, we should be doing the normal end epilogue first. Yeah. Right, 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 right. We saw epilogue. a miracle, and now we're moving on to... We're going back to the normal end. Mm-hmm. Pre-miracle, importantly. Pre-miracle. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. What's going on, Fen? Where are we? Who are we? Sakura wakes up in Shiro's room, and she feels great. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad she's doing uh, good. She looks around and is like, oh, Shira must have gotten up to to make breakfast. She seems to think huh. that this is after the first time that they had sex. The forest, when he lost his arm. Oh, no, she remembers him coming back from the forest minus an arm. That is not the first time they had sex. Okay, so the second time. Uh-huh. And she doesn't remember anything else. Yes. That doesn't seem good. Well, it's probably fine. Okay, okay. But, but... What she, well, what's she thinking about? Yeah, she has all these friends who are going to help her. Uh-huh. Everything's, everything's going her way for the first time in forever. Uh-huh. And she feels healed almost from the sex. Yeah. <laughs> Sakura gets a flash of her as dark Sakura and whimpers a little bit. <laughs> good, good voice acting. That sounds like it was probably pretty taxing on the voice actress in uh-huh. this. For sure. I think uh, Sakura's V8, like, I think she real at, uh, at this point, I think she gets a little better with this the more she plays the character. Mm-hmm. In the, in like, in the reality new voice acting, I think she is really bad at doing, like, Sakura's fake cutesy voice that she has to do at the start, but mm-hmm. when she gets to do the more, like, meaty and unrestrained soccer material i think she's fantastic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah that that follows for me so soccer thinks thinks slash hopes that she had a dr- bad dream about the worst possible way things could go uh she's also uh talking about how fat she is for some reason and how she needs to lose some weight fat-coated girls you know yeah she wanders around the house like a lost puppy, uh, calling for Shiro over and over again. And we get the the information that the forest was 10 days ago. Was that 10 days ago in the game? No, that was couple, six. Yeah, so it's been like four days. She makes her way to the shed and collapses, begging Shiro to show up and just tell her that it was a dream. She does some screaming about how she's crybaby and how she's so miserable that she can't even appreciate the fact that she survived this. Mm-hmm. Or she's so selfish, you know what I mean? Oh. There, there's a line. There's a line here I really like where it's like, "I'm freed from the chains that have bound me for eleven years, but I've lost my only guide." Mm-hmm. So we get this interesting montage where Sakura will remember something about Shiro or about her, the the route and then time will cut to the to the following spring. Mhm. You know what I mean? Uh their first cut is to the 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 spring like a couple months after or a month after uh the end of the game. It's Rin talking to Sakura. We don't get sprites in this, right? No. She gives her a rundown of the Mages Association's investigation. Kotamine, wherever he ended up, dead probably, was replaced with a decent dude, apparently. And neither Sakura nor Rin have been blamed for the mess. Uh, Sakura claims that Rin was hit even harder by Shiro's death than her. 
but somehow recovered quicker. And Rin's been staying with her at Shiro's house, but is uh, moving back to the uh, Tosaka mansion. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Sakura is selling the Mato house because, well, she doesn't want anything to do with it. The Mato house is one of those houses that's going to end up on a ghost show in <laughs> years. For, you know I mean? for sure. Because someone's going to discover the basement that Sakura did not have the wherewithal to do anything about and just mm-hmm. find, like, a <laughs> bunch of corpses. Um... I uh, I really like this bit because like Rin asks Sakura to come live with her and like Sakura does partially want that but you know she's you know she says that it's even more important to grow up you know even though she's like still clearly very sad about Shiro's loss she is she does she ever grow up in this ending I I think so um we'll 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 talk we'll i think we can talk about it a little more as we progress through but i think like you know just being able to live in the house by herself and not needing to live with ren even Mm -hmm. after all this that is in of itself growth Mm -hmm. uh sakura sees some cherry blossoms to remind us cherry blossoms are going to be a big surprising for the end of the sakura route (laughs) Cherry blossoms are a big motif. Mm-hmm. She thinks about the first time she cooked for Shiro, and he was like, oh, you've never cooked before, which is not true. And he tried to help her out with it. She was kind of annoyed, but also appreciated it. The following spring, Sakura is talking to Taiga. She is getting the deed to the house. Uh, she has a bunch of money from selling the Mato house, so she wants to take care of the, the house and be the proper owner of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taiga tries to gently break it to Sakura that Shiro is not going to come home. Uh, Sakura does not listen to the, does not want to hear this, just shakes her head. And, uh, then Taiga likes, like, okay, well, take good care of the house and leaves. Mm-hmm. Sakura thinks about seeing cherry blossoms with Shiro. Cut forward. It's spring again. I don't think it's the next year. It seems like it's been a while. Sakura is lonely. The backgrounds are all washed out now. Uh, Sakura remembers Shiro telling her to atone for all the lives that she took right at the end of the route. She doesn't know how, and obviously there's no real way to, like, make it up to the families of the people who died or anything like that. Often often because she ate the entire family, you know? Yeah. So what she's been doing is just being mostly alone and planting a flower on the day of the day they were supposed to go see the cherry blossoms every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it ties into the root nicely, too, because, like, Sakura knows that she can't do anything for others, but plants the flowers for herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like internal atonement, because the damage is already done. Mm-hmm. Cut forward. Sakura's doing better. Backgrounds are lively again. She's getting used to being alone. She even goes out now, you know, but uh, she's always afraid around people that suddenly the hammer is going to come down and the whole world is going to punish her for her sins. Mm-hmm. I feel this. This is how I feel leaving the house. Wow. <laughs> wow. Me too. Sakura remembers Shiro promising to protect her and she says it's. The worst thing is when he says nice things and then doesn't follow through on them. Mm-hmm. But she still loves Shiro. Uh, we get a series of cut forward, cut forward, cut forward, spring again, spring again, spring well, again. Yeah. 
Ben says cut forward. It, I say cut forward. It just um, says it's spring again. Yeah. The, like spring the, has come. Spring has come. Uh-huh. Spring has come. The only thing that changes is the flowers in the background. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, the house is changing. We don't see like an older Sakura. No. We don't see characters. We just see, uh, we know that it is a different year because, mm-hmm. oh, now there are like, um, yeah, there are Sakura blossoms. Mm-hmm. Or now there are like lilies. Now there are, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's one of those cases where like I think this is partially born out of like visual novel limitations because like drawing new sprites for characters every year can't afford that. But I think within those limitations, they create something that's like really moving in its own way. Yeah, this is very effective for me. Guess which ending made me cry? Yeah, Th- this one. Ben fashion. <laughs> this part rules. Uh, We stop for a bit and zoom in. Sakura is alone. No one visits her right now. She's still waiting for Shiro, and her worry is that she'll be old before he finally comes home. Mm. Um, She just hopes she can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Cut forward. Sakura's old now. <laughs> Ben, take over for a minute. Okay. Um, she's starting to slow down. It's getting harder for her to go and water the flowers. Um, some, yeah, a, a kid. This is, yeah. Yeah, Rin's, Rin's granddaughter. Rin's granddaughter comes, Who'd calls Rin her sensei. Um, uh, yeah, Sakura had been teaching her, but she's not particularly good at whatever yeah, she's teaching. like or soccer's like i'm self-taught i don't know what i have to teach her it's gardening apparently yeah um soccer's sitting in a rocking chair looking out <laughs> you okay fan uh, 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 did, did we lose fan no 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 it's okay this is our uh tight our Fate Moon Archive classic where we <laughs> in so much on these scenes that we make ourselves cry again. Yeah, that's fair. We do this every time. And then Fen crying is making me cry. <laughs> and now I'm like, well fuck, we're in such an emotional mood, maybe I should cry too. <laughs> uh-huh. Um yeah, Sakura's sitting in a rocking chair, um, looking at the yard like getting sleepy. And Rin's granddaughter just wants her to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we might have to elide a little bit at the end because there's a good chunk left. Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, don't worry. We do this every time. Okay. <laughs> Me and Ben, it's very easy to make us cry. Hence the name of this is a podcast. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the server. <laughs> That's why our our uh, creative collective is crying rules, actually. Yeah. Um, Rin's granddaughter wants to hear more stories about the old days. Um, and Sakura, like, can't quite remember, but kind of knows what words to say. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, Rin's granddaughter says that she's nice. <laughs> not, <laughs> not like her stingy old grandmother. <laughs> um... Uh, and Sakura's still waiting for the day that she's uh, atoned for or absolved of her sins. Mm-hmm. Um, spring is here again. And uh, yeah, there are Sakura blossoms in the background as Sakura 
uh, marvels at how quickly time has passed. Um, she looks at the hill and sees... She sees... She sees Chero, but she's dying, presumably. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah, I think the the game, like, frames it as she sees Chero as she <laughs> falls asleep, but... Yeah. One day we'll get better at this, man. Yeah, maybe. Let's, uh, you don't have to. I think it's part of the podcast identity. <laughs> I love the cherry blossom background in the main title screen. Yeah. It, it sucks that it changes so quickly. Yes. Well, if you were playing Fate's Day Night 2004 and not Fate's Day Night Realtanua, it wouldn't change. <laughs> <laughs> This is a good ending. I agree. Um, a lot of- Ben called it a better version of the Akiha ending where Shiki is dead. Yeah. I don't think that's wrong. Uh, I don't- wow. I don't- it's not right? <laughs> yeah, okay, for this. I also think it's in the space of, like, not wrong and not right. I- I like how, like, mess- I like how it's expanded out. Yeah. Know? And the Akiha ending gets- worse with the context of Kigetsu yes. where Can- we find out that Shiki is still alive. Actually. Yeah, yes. Okay, well to be fair, uh-huh. when I when I complained about that, you said, oh, it was obvious at the time. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's obvious in retrospect, is more what I mean. Okay. Uh yeah, I think you can kind of read it either way. Um I think at the time I was very like down on the Akiha route and I was like I think that they're saying that he's still alive. I'm worried that they're saying that he's still alive, and I'm yeah. mad about it. And then I find out, yes, sure, Shiki is still alive, and it's infuriating. Um, I think, uh, I, I think Sakura as a person is a lot more messy than Akia is. So I think the way the endings kind of differ work for the respective characters. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, Akia is, like, kind of a Rin and a Sakura, you know? Whereas Sakura is just a Sakura. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this is this is an fo- emotionally moving ending. It hit me uh, as hard as Saber's death did, at least. Yeah. In the first mm-hmm. route. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah. And I didn't like... Uh, I wasn't as invested in soccer for most of this route as I was in Saber at the end of the Saber route. Yeah. it It's a fun comparison there, because, like, Saber's death is really a, like, okay, I can finally let go. Um, This, this is, like, oh, even until her last moment, she imagined that Shiro was going to come home at some point. And, like, yeah, she lived her life, but like mm-hmm. always there was oh. she never really moved on is yeah. what it, when i said when i was saying oh does she grow up yeah sure a little bit but she never moved on and had a life you know? yeah T- to be fair i think the saber ending is kind of in the middle where like shiro has this like indeniable faith that like you know he will see saber again someday and saber also you know she knows she can't, but part of her, you know, for her own sake, she wants to see that dream again. So the, mm-hmm. that aspect is there in Saber's ending as well. But I think Sakura's ending is a lot 
it's not, Heavens Feel Normal is like a sadder version of the Fate Root ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the, yeah, because the Fate Root ending is, Shiro wants to see Saber again. Uh-huh. Um, but from Saber's perspective, it's her letting go. And from Shiro's perspective, it's, okay, I hope I see her again, but I'm not going to wait around for that to happen. Yeah. I'm going to live my life, and then at some point, I will see her again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to the true end. Oh wait, the name of the good uh, the normal end was Cherry Blossom's Dream. And now we're moving on to the true end, Return to the Spring. Rin is here. We're Rin. Oh, it's so fun that Rin is the final narrator. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Counting last episode. Yeah, I, I think it's a cute little structural trick, but uh. also I'm kind of in the space where I think mm, maybe we can talk about it a little later. And but I think setting this ending from Rin's perspective is probably a mistake. Oh yeah. Hmm. Are are you complaining about the bit where uh they like do everything in their power to try and trick us into thinking Shiro's dead, only to like <laughs> goofily reveal that he's fine? That and also I think kind of just broadly I I think facing is a story where like thematically it has to have a happy ending because like the whole point is like you know Shiro and Sakura managing to like obtain quote-unquote normal lives and, like, being able to heal each other and be happy away from, like, their traumas. But I think setting that from... But I think Heaven's Feel is also ultimately a route about, like, the sacrifices you have to make to get to that point. And I think, like, Rin, you know, Rin throughout Heaven's Feel, she made some bad decisions. She realized her priorities were maybe a bit skewed. But compared to Shiro and Sakura, she didn't really lose as much. Yeah, so there's sacrificed the least, yeah. So there's not as much space to kind of ruminate on the loss. I think either setting this ending from Shiro's POV or Sakura's would have been fine. I think Rin's is the worst one to do it from. I would not have liked a Shiro, uh version of this yeah know? okay okay i really yeah. like the framing of of rin coming back after things have changed yeah i think this is bumping into the problem of the way that the, uh, the structural problem of the way that tsukihime and fate stay night is structured where the final route is both a character's route and the whole end of the game so we get rin as the final pov character to uh mirror her entry into the game you know what i mean yeah i hadn't i hadn't considered that this is partially why a lot of Aroge have a true route, which you unlock after you've done all of the character yeah. routes, and then it is just, oh, here is a conclusion to the game. Mm. We're not focus. We're not laser focused on any one character, or maybe one does like get more priority. Mm -hmm. But 
hopefully we've kind of worked through everyone's baggage and now we can work through like the protagonists or and that's how you get um, to a kagetsu toya theoretically that route that nasu doesn't write yes mm-hmm. which i think yeah it would have been it would have been nice to have like if the heavensfield route was left as is and then we got a quote-unquote Ilya route that does deal a little bit more with her stuff, but also serves as the wrap-up to the game. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah. That that would be interesting, but I think the issue is that, like, um, last episode does some stuff. I'm not going to talk about it, of course, but it's not stuff you could replicate in an Ilya route. And otherwise, I think Shiro's character is kind of perfectly wrapped up in Heaven's Feel. There's not really a lot of places to go. Hmm. Yes, yes. I think I don't really w- like Shiro, so I don't think he has many places to go either. I think into my heart. I think the one thing you maybe could have done is in a world where Heaven's Field is two routes as intended, you could have had Rin, Sakura, and the Matos be one route, and then have like. Shiro, Kotomine, and Ilya, maybe Saber Ultra too, if you want to do that, be like the other route. That's one way you yeah. could have done it. I'm not saying it'd be better or worse, but it is an option, I think. I feel like I feel like if there is a fourth route, it Sakura still is the end. It feels like that has to be the conclusion of Shiro. I feel like there could be something between Unlimited Blade Works and Heaven's Feel Shiro. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. M- maybe. I'm just like, I feel like the place you have to stop with Shiro is Ilya, because she, like... That's true. Other than maybe Saber, she's the one who is, like, most connected to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rin is back in town. She's been abroad for a while. Things have changed. The boys are back in town. <laughs> What'd you say? The, the boys, boys are back, back in town, and the boys are Rin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Rin, she's complaining about uh, economy. Yes. <laughs> Lights. She, she, okay, what the fuck is an illegitimate travel agent? <laughs> uh, many travel agents. Um, Rin uh, has been in London for a year. Uh-huh. She cheaped out on her flight and she's in pain. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, she got a round trip ticket because she only has a bit of time off. Uh, so she has to fly on the same creaky old plane back. Uh-huh. That's a long trip to make on a plane you could describe as creaky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she flashes back to some asshole friend of hers from school called... Uh, what, how the fuck do you pronounce Louvigel? Yeah. Louvier is just used as the shorthand, so... Uh, who makes fun of her for being broke and offers to hire her as a maid. <laughs> is this a trope of... Okay, so I know, or I have seen this from um, uh, Asumi. Mm-hmm. Sean is interested in lesbian brothels. Is She has a rich friend who hires her as a maid when when uh, she finds out, or rich, rich uh, Kohai, uh-huh. who hires her as a maid when the Kohai finds out that Asumi doesn't have any money. I see. Uh, Rin needs the money so that she can go to lesbian. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Unfortunately, no. We get we get confirmation in like 30 seconds that Rin is still in love with Holding Shiro. Holding out a cor- torch for Shiro. Uh-huh. Uh, fun fact, since I know you two aren't covering it, I think, 
Um, Luvia is a secondary character in Presbyteria. I've seen Luvia. She's in a few things. <laughs> yes. Um, she will be back. We'll see her someday. Not in Prism. We have no plans to cover Prisma Ilia at any point, but she's in other stuff. And we'll get a glimpse of her. I want wholesome, weird, horny like Kitakawa. If we're going to cover it for the podcast, not creepy, weird, horny. <laughs> Kit- I don't know how many people would ca- would call Kitakawa wholesome. <laughs> I I think wholesome puking, wholesome wholesome puking girls. The Moe series of the century, Kitakawa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Rin decides to walk instead of waiting for the bus. She's got an appointment to make, but she's got time. She crosses the bridge. So we get confirmation. Yes, she's been uh, at Clock Tower this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously. What else do you have to do in London and fate? She visits her house and washes up. Uh, her house is suspiciously clean. She thinks that Sakura has been uh, stopping by to clean up, but also Sakura has left shampoo in suspicious places. Sakura and Shiro, please buy lube. <laughs> is it, it's, I it's was like inexpensive. It works better than shampoo. Why are they fucking their way across Rin's house? This is this is Sakura being like it's my house too technically. Yeah. Just working her way across it as some kind of bizarre fantasy. The She's study, leaving the her kitchen scent like a dog. Entryway, the yard. Ben, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> I was like, this can't be what that's saying, but it has to be. Also, it has to be. Uh also, shout outs to Rin putting on fucking high heel pumps for like two seconds and then giving up and putting her boots back on. <laughs> she makes her way to Shiro's house. The road is filled with the lined with cherry blossoms now. She rings the doorbell and who greets her? Ryder! Ryder is here to make Rin ridership's real. <laughs> this entire conversation is just Yeah. Uh, Rin is still holding a torch for Shiro, but in the meantime... Ryder is wearing her casual clothes look, which I did not know was in this game, and uh-huh. she looks fantastic. Yeah. It's <laughs> a great look. She has cute glasses on. She has glasses on, which is always a plus. Bless you, Takeuchi, for finally drawing another girl with glasses. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Presumably, she it has a, uh, it functions the same as her blindfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, her long hair is tied back with a purple bow. Yeah, she's got, like, jeans and a tur- black turtleneck. She looks great. Rin is taken aback to see her and asks if Sakura is home. Uh, Rin's like, yeah, or Sakura's like, Sakura, Jesus Christ. Ryder is like, she's in her room and Taiga's hanging out in the living room. Ryder, Rin <laughs> goes on and on and on. About how beautiful Ryder is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck up about... <laughs> Oh, Rin is the most heterosexual person ever. Nasu keeps trying to, to convince us while saying, while oh. having her just comment on... No, she's textually bi. That's true. That's true. But she's in love with Shiro still. She's in love with Shiro. Yeah. I mean, she can, like, she can, um, uh, she can still hold a little thing for Shiro while hooking up with Ryder. Uh-huh. 
Okay. My yes. my note on this is just Rin Ryder is an inspired pairing. Uh-huh. And the coming back to this conversation, I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're great together. Uh, she thinks about how cute Ryder is, and also that people would be pretty freaked out at Clock Tower if they knew that a servant was still just hanging around. Uh-huh. Rin asks her how it's been. It's been two years since the war ended. Sakura was a bit rough off when Rin left her, but uh, things have finally settled down. Also, Rin asks if Ryder is drinking blood behind Sakura's back, and Ryder gives this incredible answer of, I would never worry Sakura with such things, which is not an I answer. Think, I think what Ryder says is, that's none of your business, and if I was, I wouldn't let Sakura find out. <laughs> uh, what I find funnier is Rin's response, which is, it's a vague answer, but I guess I'll let it slide since she doesn't seem to be troubling anyone. <laughs> she, yeah, she follows it up with, like, strong familiars are rare. So I t uh, personally, I tend to cut them slack, even if they're a bit suspicious. <laughs> Riders, I don't drink blood, human blood every night t-shirt is prompting a lot of <laughs> questions answered by Riders t-shirt. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess Ryder is just doing little sippies. Nothing too dangerous. <laughs> uh-huh. She's got a Kiha blood pack, uh, <laughs> apple juice boxes. But no one's buying them for her. I would let casual clothes rider sip my blood. She looks great. She does look great. It's such a good design. Um, let's see, where are we? Ryder also Rin? wants to meet and talk to Rin about something private. And yeah. Rin invites her back to her place tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I, I'm nodding. Hey. I'm not. Hey, why don't you uh come by? tonight or tomorrow or right tomorrow night because uh -huh. I'm, I'm sleeping here tonight so uh we can talk about stuff <sighs> and then uh rider leaves to go fetch soccer and rin is like yeah wow i'm i'm taken aback by how pretty she is again if 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 they weren't already hooking up that meeting has to end in at least a sloppy makeout, if not more. <laughs> yeah, I, def I definitely think they leave the door open. <laughs> uh-huh. Back into the living room again. Taiga is here. Uh, they chat about the archery club. Sakura was captain last year, but so they got a bunch of boys joining the club, and now Ayako, Rin's friend Ayako's <laughs> shy uh, boy brother, uh, is the new captain, and Taiga's hoping to bait a bunch of girls into joining because he's cute. Uh -huh. But he's too nervous. Can't say three words. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... That's funny, knowing Ayako. Yeah. I will say... Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I will say, speaking of... Like, speaking from anecdotal experience, Tiger's strat will probably work. I know so many people who have joined sports clubs just because of how cute the hat is. Uh-huh. Rin has told Tiger she's going to art school in London, which is very funny. I mean, <laughs> I suppose that is technically true. It's, it's a sort it is a type of truth the kind of thing where people are like oh what kind of art do you do and you're like oh uh interdisciplinary so you know i can't like draw you a picture it's it's kind of a over your head maybe a little bit <laughs> um taiga's worried that people are being racist to rin they are apparently but uh -huh. rin doesn't want to trouble her with this taiga starts bothering rin about her romantic prospect 
she gives she like kind of dodges the answer the answering but says she's gotten a lot of proposals but she's still in love with shiro so she can't take anything serious there's a i yeah i have there it makes sense in context but i did grumble with um Ty- or the translation ad taiga like spins a hypothetical like oh do you have a boyfriend and stuff and the translation adds that it is a male partner the the original does not have that but and so it's like i a- thought she was dodging. real i thought she was dodging the gender a little bit there at first and then it would like put a boy in somewhere uh and then but then i was like oh right right rin still has a thing for sure Shiro. but taiga yeah the taiga's hypothetical and Rin doesn't say, I've, I've, yeah, I've dated a bunch of boys. Uh-huh. Um, Sakura is here in her time skip look, which is one of her better looks. Yeah. Yeah. I still like her evil mummy costume, mm-hmm. but uh, this is, this is great. Her hair is even longer now. I think the, I think the, out, I think the outfit is a little too plain, but I love the hair. It's better than her uh her costume she got from taiga at least oh that that's true the sleeves are cute she's got like cute baggy sleeves a white top purple shirt or purple skirt yeah it's 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 so funny to me how like saber and ren have these like very like distinctive impressive like visual designs and outfits and sakura's just like chilling out in like taiga shitty clothes that's that's sakura in a nutshell huh um Rin's look is just classic, is the thing. Rin's sweater. Mm-hmm. Sakura's in a good mood to see Rin. Rin's nervous because she was just thinking about Shiro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sakura's smiling now. She's doing real smiles, not just at Shiro. Yeah. Cut to a little forward. They're talking about their last year. Sakura has graduated. Rin invites her to Clock Tower, but Sakura says that she's got someone here who can teach her. Apparently, Kotamine's successor is teaching her magic or something. Yeah, he's a better man than Kotamine. <laughs> I say that he's a good guy, but like again, aren't the church people not supposed to do magic? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure he's just. A, I mean, honestly, if you're not following the dogmas of the church, you're probably a better guy than one who is. That's fair. Yeah. The, uh. uh... Rin's like, you gotta have more adventures so you don't stay out, shut up in the house all the time and normal end on me. Um, Sakura's like, I have Ryder, and she, like, forces me to keep moving. <laughs> That's great. I love Ryder. Taiga has, like, a sad, poignant look about Shiro not being here. Oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> it's so like, funny. But he's on his way home, and I was like, well, yeah, okay. It was like a two-second fake-out of like, oh, is Shiro dead? No, no, he's not. But then they continue to act like Shiro is dead <laughs> for the rest of this. The yeah. way that Taiga says it and, like, acts it's so is dumb. like, oh, I wish I wish Shiro was home. <laughs> and then... Probably on his way. He's been on his way for, like, two and a half years. Uh-uh. <laughs> and then Sakura's like, that's not true. I'm glad you're talking about Senpai in the most, like... It's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I made things awkward by bringing him up and, like, boogies out. And it's like... <laughs> In a way, yes, because they both have a thing for Shiro still. Mm-hmm. But without Tiger around to limit the scope of their conversation, Rin is like, so how are you handling all the guilt and trauma over all those people you killed? 
Sakura is doing okay with it. She's also been acting as the supervisor of uh, Fuyuki City in Rin's absence. Whatever that actually means that you do. I don't think you actually do anything. She you, says you get buried next to the ley line occasionally. <laughs> just like, oh, that was such a good bit. Sakura says some stuff about it being a lot of work, but being good for her at some point. And it's like, what are you actually doing? You have like weekly or you have to brush the ley line. <laughs> you have to meet with the neighborhood association. Yeah. The, the like dark neighborhood association. Greater Grail's gone. Uh-huh. Uh, the Grail War system is permanently dead, uh, and the association considers it to be partly, at least partly Rin's fault, which is funny. Uh-huh. There was a lot of very public chaos, and uh, there was a master sent by the association, if you remember this, Lancer's master, who was assassinated. Yep. And the third problem is that the association detected an attempt to reach the root, which is its own kind of taboo. Why is that taboo we get that in a sec actually rin was able to pass the buck onto kotamine in the church for the first two problems yeah kotamine being the joker caused a lot of the chaos <laughs> and also did was the one who killed the master he did, the, the association. he did literally do that yes however you need to register attempts to reach the root with the association and have it be heavily supervised okay uh-huh and and Rin is guilty of not uh, telling anyone about it, apparently, even though she didn't know again. Yeah. And they succeeded at opening the gate and then shut it without anything cool coming out of it. <laughs> and the church is, or the, the association is furious at them for that. Mm. So Rin was forced to come to Clock Tower and hell, uh, in, in a trial with all of the department heads. And while a rival family tried to steal the land rights to Fuyuki out from under her. Mm-hmm. Fucking mage politics. Rin considered escaping to run away to the Middle East, where they hate the association and actively resist them, or come back to Japan and just, like, do a siege until they gave up, basically. She talking about the... I wonder if she's talking about the Atlas. She Institute. must be. Probably. Um, Rin hanging out with Sion. <laughs> she went to a trial, uh, where yeah, everyone everyone discussed what to do with her uh-huh. until uh, her her the old guy, what's his name, Zelric, Zel- Zel- Zeltric, uh-huh. uh huh, showed up, and uh, that impressed everyone. And he's like, I will take. Two apprentices. Three. Three? I Three think prob- apprentices. I wonder if one of them is Rin. Um, I think that is implied as much. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, and yes. teach them. Just, you know, let this, this kind girl who replicated the second sorcery off the hook. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, yes, they all got distracted trying to, like, put forth candidates for to be trained by a sorcerer mm-hmm. like a big big important guy who no one's heard from for a long time uh-huh um and then he comes to Rin at the end and he's like damn i can't believe you actually pulled it off so quick your dad was a loser <laughs> i didn't really expect anything from your family in general but it only took you six generations <laughs> yeah great like oh your dad never would have done this uh-huh. but you though i'm really with how far you've come she was pretty worried for a minute that he was coming to kill her for uh figuring out his magic Uh uh-huh 
but he's jazzed. He's like, yeah, fuck these people over as much as you can. They suck. Uh-huh. Rin, this is not just Shiro recreating the gem sword for her. Rin, now having used the sword, was able to decode how it works and can has the theory completely on lock and can recreate it as soon as she gets millions, billions of dollars <laughs> to uh, build it. Um, she does, uh, think about how, uh, they should hold a tournament. This is where she does that, No, right? no, no, that takes a little while. Because oh, Shiro is involved in it, too. Oh, in right. Never mind. Uh, this is why she's being so stingy, is because she's saving up to become a sorcerer. Yeah. <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, she got free admission to Clock Tower from all of this. Uh, and dumped her supervisory responsibilities on Sakura and, yeah, has been going there ever since. Mm-hmm. Now it's time. Rin, on that, uh, I know how to fix your depression and it's dumping a lot of work on yeah, top like, do, of you. Just work. Do yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Sakura asks if anyone asked about Shiro. Kotamine reported him dead <laughs> as a dead civilian, which is very funny. And no one knows anything that happened to him after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking Kotamina pranked him. <laughs> His death notice, like, showed up in the mail. Uh, after the fight, Ryder saved uh, Rin and Sakura, and fed Rin enough magical energy for her crest to keep her alive by force until she was able to recover. She couldn't eat for a while, apparently. Mm. She was stabbed in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Sakura was shell-shocked about Shiro being gone and waited for him to come back. She says something about how she might be leaving the town at some point, but she's going to wait a little longer. Mm-hmm. What? He's here. <laughs> this is so funny to me. Uh, Rin wonders why she came back to the town at all and then starts thinking about Shiro. This is where I realized that they were still trying to make me think that Shiro was dead. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So she thinks about being in love with Shiro and all this stuff. And then there he pops up behind Sakura. <laughs> the only difference is that he he swapped his blue sleeves for uh, white sleeves. He looks exactly the same. He's taller. He looks so funny. He looks so fucking goofy. I He's can't. So square. I can't tell if it's on purpose. Oh, God. I remember the the. Fate Stay Night thread that uh, Fen did back in the day that inspired this podcast. Mm-hmm. I just remember, <laughs> I remember this image of Shiro standing behind Sakura, and Fen just tweeted, "Fuck off." <laughs> um, Shiro is carrying groceries. He blushes when he sees Rin because he's also still got a thing for her off game <laughs> uh and it was the like uh yeah a year ago no a lot of things happened two years ago my memory stops a year ago but it was a f- i was a frequent guest here until i graduated is that why feels like if i turn towards the kitchen i'll see him there cooking with a knife in hand and he's who- still alive and well now <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb fucking stupid uh Rin laughs at Shiro for being very obvious about his crush on her and then also stumbles over her own words because of her obvious crush. It's going to be 
one, maybe two visit before they cheat on Sakura together. (laughs) (laughs) Sakura does not believe this. Sakura is now enormously confident. NTR is the best Yuri, then. (laughs) Even if it's head, it's somehow still Yuri. Or even if it is head, it's still better than normal (laughs) relationships. You're so funny, then. What? Shiro goes to make dinner, as usual, saying that he's glad to see Rin again. Shiro missed a whole year of school for some reason, and Rin helped him graduate, probably by bullying the principal. What happened to Shiro? Uh, okay, so Ilya did a kind of version of the third magic. a limited implementation. Shiro's body was definitely ass-destroyed. Yes. Even the Grail couldn't bring it back. But, yes, Ilya crammed him into the doll that she brought to put Shiro's soul in from the uh, fate route that she kept talking about. Yes. <laughs> Which apparently was, the, was a little Shiro doll, not like a, not like a full-sized body. Yeah. Uh, and so they had to go on a search for a, a doll big enough to, to masquerade as him. I do like, Ryder is the one that found him. She, she kept looking for days until she pulled the doll out of the wreckage with Shiro still in it. Uh-huh. Um, yes, so they found a human-sized puppet that Shiro's soul could inhabit and turn into a body, apparently. It was secondhand. It was secondhand. And it was a used Shiro puppet. <laughs> uh, the, the maker of it is on the run, so Rin is having trouble getting in touch with her to make another one. Do we, don't, we don't know about sealing designation yet, do we? What? She says that the, she's marked to be sealed, uh, which is like the sealing oh. designation thing. Uh, yeah, this... Uh, I don't think we've gotten that. This this might be, uh, this might be because, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, for understandable reasons, you're slightly out of order. I'm pretty sure sealing designations are mentioned somewhere in Karno Kokai. That would make sense. Oh, yeah. Right. Anyway. I do like the bit where Rin, when they're talking about Shiro and the little body, Rin's like, it's not like he'd grow if we watered him, so we need yeah. a solution. <laughs> Despite, now here's the thing, I really like the idea that Shiro is like trapped in some kind of magic puppet now, mm-hmm. but it he essentially is not. Yes. It's a, it's a fully human body now. He could, like, a doctor couldn't figure it out if he was performing a surgery on him. He can go get surgery at hospitals, drink cold medicines, and die when he's killed. (laughs) (laughs) So, I kind of hate that there's no consequences of this. Uh Uh-huh. There is a little bit. He has a magical circuit problems. Yeah. But still. Uh... If Ilio had been able to perform Heaven's Field properly, his soul could have physically manifested on its own with no body and thus been immortal. Mm-hmm. For real. But he can still die because he's attached to a body now because he needs it to live still. Mm-hmm. Even though they can swap him between them. And he'll get old. And like, he'll get old. Yeah. It's not even, oh, yeah, you need to be attached to a body, but... I want weird, tragic consequences of this. Oh, also notable... So- souls are where your memories are really stored so we got his memories back uh-huh <laughs> uh i i think you're misreading that or okay let's say 
pretty plainly that souls are the where memories are stored. Yes. Okay. Okay. To, to be clear, I think he has his memories back, but not the memories he lost in the root. That would be his whole life, except for Sakura. I don't think you're right about that. Because the he whole... Everything. Because, like, the whole thing with Soken, right, is that no matter how many times he jumps bodies, his soul is still a soul. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The doll did not originally look like Shiro. Putting a soul in a body makes it look like the thing, even if it's mm -hmm. not organic, apparently. This is what we got from, from Zoka. Zoka as well. Yeah. Now, everyone's, everyone here is very special now, is the thing. Uh, Sakura is still an active Holy Grail, apparently, <laughs> though uh -huh. she is uh, limited in her power. She's generating enormous amounts of magical energy constantly that's leaking through the gate still. Uh, this is how she has enough energy to keep Ryder around. And now, and since also Shiro, Shiro's magic circuit is uh, malfunctioning, she has to fuck the magic into Shiro this time. <laughs> uh. Uh, in order to keep him alive. Also, we get that Shiro will suit if he trains a little bit, will be able to use unlimited blade works freely. Mm -hmm. Uh... And then, yeah, Sakura is a grail, and Rin is about to become a sorcerer in, like, 20 years. Mm -hmm. About to. And Rin's, and Rin's desired use of this information is to get cash. This is kind of like, Rin needs cash to become a sorcerer. <laughs> but, so it's putting a cart before the horse a little bit to come up with a plan to get cash using your sorcery powers that you don't have yet because yeah. you need cash. Uh, for some for some reason, the line um w maybe they could just hand us our prize money about five hundred thousand pounds of course and don't deduct income tax because we're Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> that line just fucking sent me for yeah. some reason. Well, yeah, it's it's this whole bit is ice cream capped because we're invincible. I wish they'd hold a magic tournament at the association. We'd easily win, so maybe they could they could just hand us our prize money. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, two sorcerers, a holy grail, and a servant in a tournament is like, yeah, of course you're gonna win. God. Um, I guess Shiro's not technically a sorcerer. He's no. like evidence of sorcery. That's true, yeah. But. Yeah, sure, Shiro is. He can use a reality marble. That's pretty yeah. big. It, it is, but Shiro, like, Shiro is the weakest member of the JRPG party here. That is true. Yeah. But, you know, his heart brings them together. It still and is. pushes them to do the things that are impossible, you it know? It still is one sorcerer, a holy grail, and a servant. <laughs> and Two uh, servants. Because Shiro has a, basically has a noble phantasm. One and, and they have Ryder. One and a half servants. <laughs> one and a quarter servant. <laughs> um, Rin puts her sketchy plans aside for now and decides that she wants to help cook. The perspective switches so we can see Rin's time skip look. She looks a little bit like she works at a bank, but mm -hmm. like in a cute way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, she's got a red skirt with a red shirt and a red necklace. Yep. <laughs> That's Rin. 
Also, she's her. She's wearing her hair down, so it's just uh, no no twin tails, no head ornamentation. She looks a little naked up up top mm-hmm. to me, but uh, you know it's cute. Rin asks if Sakura is happy, and we get a very radiant Sakura smile. And uh, Rin thinks about their future and going to see the cherry blossoms together. Yeah, and then we get one more CG as it pans down from the sky to show the quartet of them. Standing together, not Taiga, Ryder is the fourth in that quartet, mm-hmm. uh, facing away from us as cherry blossoms dance in the sky, and the cherry blossoms continue into the credits. Yeah. That's a cute touch. I, I do question the composition of this final CG. So Sakura and Ryder together, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. I feel like Shiro should be to her left and not Ryder. I don't know why, like, why is Shiro positioned closer to Rin than Sakura? Uh, NPR. Yes, yes. Sakura needs her girls. She's with, <laughs> she's with Shiro all the time. That that that's fair. Though to be fair, she she's all to be separated because they're going to start making out loudly. <laughs> so, so true. We do get. We do also get. I think right before the, is it after the credits? Mm-hmm. We get a little poem. Yeah, another one of those poems that I had a hard time following because it goes so fast, and I was so, typing. So the winter went by and spring came along. Nature is in its full bloom and there's nothing left that reminds you of the hard cold days. Stash away both what you lost and gained for life continues on. Now then, the story that unraveled this town has reached its conclusion. New stages and people are waiting for us. Mm-hmm. Great ending. Yeah, this is fun. This is fun. Yeah. I, I I'm I uh, for for once I'm actually going to come down here i'm gonna come a little bit down Mm -hmm. i to me this ending is like just serviceable like i like too clean for me is my problem the thing is right i think face that kind of has to have a like sort of the ending has to be at least more happy than it is sad for the tone to work but i you know it kind of ties back into what i was saying earlier i think I think by putting this ending from Rin's perspective, you're kind of locked into a very clean ending in a way that you're not necessarily if you set it from Sakura or Shiro's. I think you could just focus... I, I think, uh, like, uh, by making Shiro's transformation into a doll body clean and perfect with no con- no real consequences aside from he has to fuck his wife a lot. Yeah. His beautiful wife. Uh, and Rin, uh, Sakura's consequences are she has a lot of power <laughs> still is so, uh, you, I think that it would be, you would need to rewrite some of this stuff to like add some more edges to catch on rather than just swap perspectives. Right. But yeah, that, that I, is another that way. Perspective might help. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is another way. Cause they do, they do walk away from this nightmare all with superpowers that the world has would quake at yeah and that's um i want to say real quick yes. when i said great ending i meant specifically that little bit at the end mm. the like oh yeah yeah, the, yeah. them looking at the cherry blossoms good uh this ending is not uh, like this ending has enough good things in it that i don't like completely hate it i'm just like I think for me, you could have ended the true end with, like, Shiro reaching out for the sky after Ilya's miracle, and, like, I would have been fine. I don't care about the epilogue 
that I much. do like seeing the time skip looks. Yes. Maybe it's funny that this is a true end. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like a good ad. Okay, so I'm assuming not. Um, are you two aware of the, the development history behind Heaven's Feels Endings? No. No. Okay, well, well, I'm here to bring information Um, that is informative, hopefully. Um, basically, two-thirds of Heaven's Feel were written with the intention that the normal ending would be the only ending. And then about two-thirds of the way through, Nasu kind of came to the conclusion that, like, according to him, he feels like he lost to his own characters because he really wanted to give Shiro and Sakura, like, a more traditionally happy ending. I see, I see. Damn, I think I would have been, I like this ending just fine, but I think I would have been way higher on this game. This moment, if it was just the normal end, the one the one issue with that is that Ilya, the one issue with that is that Ilya has no character closure. That's true, but they did cut a root, so yeah. Uh, I think personally, my list of endings for this route is probably Saber. Wait, wait, wait. We're gonna do this on the last, but yeah, I well, we're gonna rank all the endings. Okay, I just mean like. I love Saber's ending because I'm me and I love Saber. Ben does uh, love Saber. Uh, true. Even if I, I, I fully admit that, that is not like that would have to be one of five Sabers on Fen's bookcase. Only five. Salter. You have another saber. I have okay. I have Salter eating a burger. Yes. I have uh, a little, a little like buildable saber. Yeah. You have um, Saber Lily. You have Castoria. Oh yeah, you have big saber, big saber, big saber, and, and then you have mysterious hero and X altar. Yeah, who is another saber? Wow, wow, Fen really has a lot of sabers. Fen has another saber altar in fair room, I think, in the package. Oh stuff. yeah, mm-hmm. that one was given to me. Yes, Lily was also given to me. Yeah, I was just talking Lily, about what not you have my favorite saber. No, um, but yeah, yeah, I think it is. It is an ending that is like, oh, yeah, of course you wrote, like, a happy, very much a, like, oh, and now the, they go off into the sunset onto into their futures uh-huh. and are, like, looking ahead. And, I like, like this better than, like, the Rin ending of them going to Clock Tower together. You know yeah. what I mean? Because oh, I, I complained sure. about how, like clean and like manic pixie dream girlfriend that felt to me okay to be fair the point of that ending is that like ultimately at the end of the day shiro's gonna forsake all of that and just end up where archer is but you know he's chill with it yeah it's just i didn't like how rin was in the whole route and that end did not change my opinion on that no that's fair that's fair i guess um I can say, like, for me, um, I like the normal end, I like the saber end, uh, Heaven's Feel True, mm, uh, okay, I, I love it up to the epilogue, and then the epilogue, like, I, I think to me it is thematically important that, like, Fate's Day Night ends with a, like, happy ending? I talked about this back in Tsukihime, how much I liked that the one Kohaku ending was a happy ending, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a similar thing for Shiro and Sakura here, where, like, I think it is thematically important to Fate Stay Night that, like, Shiro and Sakura end happy. Yeah. But... Just, 
the actual end. Yeah, the actual ending itself. Eh, it's there. I it don't I don't dislike it enough that it drags the route down, but it's not good enough that it ends up being like an extra last thing that I like that makes me like the route I like even more. The real tragedy of playing the true end is that the title screen has been replaced with another fucking bunch of swords. Um. Yep. The, the, this um obviously I know you two haven't gotten to it, so I'm not going to say too much. But I think this is one advantage of having last episode is that I think it ends the game better than having Skill True does. Interesting. Okay. I, I don't really like, like last episode very much, but we will talk about it. I was high on Eclipse. Were you high on Eclipse? Oh, Eclipse yeah. rules. Eclipse rules. Eclipse is wonderful. It's cheeky in a field going, yeah, I'm almost dead. I've nice to see you, Alco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm almost dead. I'm kind of a bit fucked up, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <sighs> last episode. Last episode, we'll talk about it when we get there. It feels it's too much like fan fiction. Ooh, okay, okay. Which is also a little bit my my complaint with this ending is it feels like... It's a coffee shop AU. <laughs> it needs to have a happy ending. And what that means is everyone's perfect. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, Rin still likes Shiro, but she's got her own thing going on. And like... If Ilya was here, this would be this would be a great like segue into uh, Kagetsu Toy or, uh, or Hollow Ataraxia. Yeah. But... I assume Ilya is in Hollow Ataraxia because she is alive in one of the roots, unlike poor Yumizuka, <laughs> who dies every time and doesn't get to be in the sequel game. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm going to say this doesn't count as spoilers, but apologies. Um, Hollow does not follow any of the roots. Yeah, no, no, no. I, fi- I figure, but like, it, it's like, um, it doesn't really follow any of the Tsukihime roots either, because everyone's problems have been dealt with Kagetsu Toya. Yeah. But uh, the only people there, aside from like as joke cameos, are the people who actually survived. Yeah. And Yumizuka never sur- lives. Um, yeah, that's the end of Heaven's Feel. We've still got the the wrap up for the game to do in a, in a separate episode because we're you know. It's the holidays. We need we need breathing room, and this well, is going to be a long episode as is. Otherwise, we would have done these epilogues as their own episode. And... Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I feel like they're interesting, but maybe not meaty enough to be their own episode. Yeah, that's kind of where well, I'm settling now. I mean, like, yeah, it would be epilogues and route slash game wrap up. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, true, true. The way that we've done in in the past. Yeah, Those yeah. episodes are typically shorter than our normal episodes. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. Well, you know how it goes. Yeah. I think this is going to work out fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got any last thoughts about this? Uh, um, I, I didn't come back to FSN for the pod, but I did kind of come back to it very recently for unrelated reasons, like just about two years ago. It's for me personally, it's one of those things where uh, I st- I read Fate when I was like relatively very young. I read Fate mm. around when I was fifteen, and because well, for the first time, and because of that, I always have this anxiety that like as I age, I'm gonna realize that it's not as good 
as I thought it was, but that just never happens. Like, it, it's one of those things where every time I come back to it, I kind of find new ways of looking at it and appreciating it. It's a uh, very special game to me, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad I got to ramble about it with you two for a bit. Uh-huh. I do think this is a game that if I had played it in my teens, it would have hit me like a truck, and I would not have the any complaints that I do have about it currently. Uh, but of the two... The one that I wish I had played when I was a teen is still Tsukihime. That, that's fair. Wow, I would have been a fascinating kid if I had played Tsukihime <laughs> as a teen. Tsukihime is wonderful. I I, I, I love both. Uh, Catherine has two hands. Uh-huh. One for Shiro, one for Shiki. One for Shiro, one for Shiki. I love both the boys. <sighs> Fen, you got any last thoughts on the epilogues? It's... Right. I think one thing the the um the cuts forward in, in the normal epilogue, the mm. wall is blank in a way that feels like I think there's a clock or something on it. Maybe mm. I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it feels like an abandoned house mm. in a really interesting mm. way. Um that is like, oh yeah, Sakura's living here alone, but she's not she's not doing the thing it feels like she's not doing the thing that she does every other time which is like oh yeah she keeps it perfectly clean and like mm. even has time to go clean rin's house uh-huh. which is also hers kind of because again please, please get lube i will never stop thinking about that shampoo <laughs> oh. there are better ways um yeah i'm it's gonna be fun to talk about last episode and the the final tiger mm-hmm. dojo next episode right right i'm excited for the final tiger dojo hope you do have dojo fun is way more exciting to me than last episode uh-huh. i don't want to i don't want to poison like the well too much but yeah it is it is in the same way that tiger dojos are fourth wall breaking characters talking about the game that they're in mm-hmm the final Tiger Dojo is Ilya and Taiga saying, "Hey, how was that? How was that game?" Uh huh. That's very funny. Uh-huh, I think Rin shows up as well briefly. Do you have a bead on how long this was? Uh, four fifty-one, but that okay, includes that's total. breaks. And okay. Stuff. This is that's you know what we knew that Heaven's Feel was going to be meaty episodes and it and it was and yep. now we'll be able to move on to K and K episodes pretty soon and those will definitely not be as long. Two of them might be. I'll let you know. If we're just doing one movie, an episode, we can't <laughs> talk as much as like fifteen hours of reading. That is true. That is true. Even I can't do that. I can't line for line a movie. Yeah, fair. Obviously, this is just prep for the K&K book episodes. Yes. We are part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. Yes, we are. Hey, go listen to Abnormal Mapping. Mm-hmm. Recent episodes have been really good. Oh, yeah? What do they do recently? Um... Uh, I can look it up. Ben's currently looking it up. We do have one more thing that we have to do, Fan. And it's that we never asked our friend Catherine oh, image song. Yeah. Yes, my image song is 
Cosmo Dancer from the video game Caligula Effect. I was gonna make a joke about this yesterday. I was gonna make a joke. It doesn't have to be a Caligula Effect uh, song, but it would be in in keeping with the tradition of me and Fen both picking a Caligula Effect song. (laughs) What did I choose? There's a really incredible Cosmo Dancer moment in Caligula Effect 2. I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna start it this week, hopefully. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm I'm deep in the Xenoblade 2 mine. If the, I'm taking uh, a break from Xenoblade 2. If the overdose episode ever happens, you both gotta let me cast. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know if Fen's willing to play it, but... I'm, I wanna play it. You wanna play it? Um, I would do. I need to. I would do a a, a bonus episode in uh, to stall for more time, where I, we just talk about Caligula effect I overdose. Am, I'm going to talk about the marine novel as well. I'm gonna. We, that would have to be its own episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna pause on a blade two at some point and finish my Blue Reflection two, uh, new game plus. And, Blue Reflection and also rules. Blue Reflection two, fantastic one. Good game. Mm-hmm. Anime. A fascinating stuff in Fascinating there. mess. Uh, looks then, terrible. <laughs> it, I like the way it looks in spite of how it looks. I can't... I like... I can't even say, oh, it looks good, because it absolutely doesn't. It looks... It looks bad, but I enjoy it. Um, And then 2 is just a fantastic game some really interesting like oh right fate influenced a lot of things Mm -hmm. including the hit hit jrpg blue reflection 2 it's strong um (laughs) god cosmo dancer is a great song cosmo dancer is a wonderful song caligula effect soundtracks are a mainstay of my uh like playlist rotation these days i really got to look up some of those individual artists yeah for sure I don't like the soundtrack to one nearly as much. Some of the songs are really so, yeah, d- ups and downs. Um, I don't know if you've heard it. Distorted happiness, uh, great. On borrow, yeah. great. Um, suicide prototype, incredible. Suicide prototype. I've I've heard that the first time on the Caligula Effect two soundtrack. And I was like, this song's fucking sick. And yeah. f- hearing it for the first time I- in Overdose when I started the DLC, I was like, holy shit, that's where that song's from. Yeah, it's uh, a song I... about the protagonist, and it actually tells you a lot about them. It's good. Uh-huh. Suicide prototype is the only song I can think of from one. Mm-hmm. That I like Co- Cosmo Dancer I... is also a one song. Right. right. Yeah. Cosmo Dancer and Suicide Prototype are the uh-huh. two. Uh huh. I think there's a third song from one. Also, there's a few songs from one that I really but like, but those are but there's so many bangers on on two. Yeah. Eternal Silver it, is so fucking good. Yeah, it's like basically every two song is incredible, and there are a couple of one songs. The the only two good. song I've heard is Miss Conductor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They still do that thing where the lyrics are telling a story about the characters. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah, I- I'm I'm looking forward to two. Uh, you know, I will talk about it in the card when we're finished. When I'm finished. Okay, okay. Then play play Overdose. Okay. Suffer with me. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. We're part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. <laughs> um, they did their episode on Norco is really good. Oh. I did not end up liking Norco very much. Mm. Um, but it was a f- it was fun to listen 
to Emma and Jackson talk about what they did enjoy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I get a call out for being a visual novel person. Uh-huh. Uh, more so than an adventure game person on that episode. Not by name, but I knew who <laughs> I was talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, and then, yeah, they just did Snatcher. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, Kojima. Fascinating guy. Um... I'm going to be on Novel Not New next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're yeah, covering Mahotsugai no Yoru. You're going to have to which, get reading on that. It's not out yet, Ben. I can't. <laughs> I have to get going, Fan. <laughs> it doesn't come out for four more days. Start it now. Um, Start it in Japanese. Which, a couple pages in. You, dear listener, might go, Hey, Fan, isn't that a type moon game? Aren't you going to cover yeah, that Fen's for the podcast? <laughs> podcast NTR is the best. NTR? <laughs> um yes i i am cheating on ben with novel not new but i'm mad about it but i'm letting it slide um i'm looking forward to that and rest assured our the conversation there will have some have a little bit of overlap with where we end up on it Mm. when we get to it for the pod but they will be drastically different episodes Uh uh-huh partially just because of the different format of the show but also, I'm sure it will that, take like, us like three to five episodes. Uh, yes. For what it's worth, uh, Mahoyo is r- about as long as Kagetsu Toya. But also, it doesn't have like boring fan disc scenes, so you kind of have to cover all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, we will both. It will both be different episodes because we will have covered more of Type Moon by the time we get there, mm-hmm. and because my vibe with you is very different from mm-hmm. uh, chatting with Six and Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone should go back to the Scanline Patreon and listen to that episode. Mm. Um, what else do we say? GGP is good because Double Zeta is good. Where I'm, where we're at right finally now, got to the good Zeta, Double Zeta, Double Zeta's finally gotten like decent. Uh huh. Which is about all I can ask for Gundam. It's not a show made for me. No. So like it's not a show for fans. Not dreading watching it is like, yeah, that's that's about as much as I can ask. Fen, where can people find you on the internet? Type in fennec.moe into an address bar. That'll get you there. Mm-hmm. I think that redirects to my co-host right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um which I'm not super active on, no. mostly because this week was hell. Transla- yeah. Hey, translating manga, a lot of work, especially if you're not like fluent in the language. Yeah. Uh, we love to make work for ourselves, though. Stay tuned for us putting that somewhere that you can put your eyes on it. Uh, uh-huh. I hi- highly recommend reading. I um yeah ben or actually guest catherine where can people find you uh honestly nowhere really uh i'm not really like i i have a twitter account it's at kimmy catherine one half of it is me rambling about visual novels the other half is me rambling about random personal shit if that sounds interesting go follow it um yeah Mm -hmm. ben what about you? Well, Twitter's still around, and uh, until it becomes a completely toxic hellhole uh, that is untenable for all life, I'll be there at Ben Ends. 
Uh, and I will also be tweeting about my visual novel over at Doom Gender. Uh, I just put out a sort of like demo of the entire script of part one of Reckless Sympathy, my visual novel that I'm working on. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Uh, you have to be a patro- patron to play it, so no one's playing it. But, you know, this is this is how it works when you put uh, run a Patreon. Uh-huh. Uh, you can also. I also have a co-host at Ben Ends, but I have not done anything with it yet because, yeah, it's it's holiday times and I'm very busy and I have to visit family and stuff. So yeah, um, we're podcasting a lot in preparation for being out of town. Next time, we're gonna have Lauren back on. Yes, to talk about last episode, the the final Tiger Dojo, mm-hmm. and that's it and like wrapping up the game as a whole yeah um episode after that we're doing three short stories that's gonna be a fun episode just relax Uh uh-huh just vibe easy they're like five pages each or something hell yeah should go pretty quickly Mm -hmm. a lot of fun lore in there i've heard and they're they're pretty meaty five pages too yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah we'll talk to you again soon in two weeks precisely is uh-huh. actually we have to record sooner than that we are but. recording next weekend but oh uh do you have something for your et time next time oh gosh we're to we are covering um oh no right we're covering, covering uh, a, a portrait, portrait of a lady, lady on fire. fire portrait of a lady on fire jinx jinx hopefully it's better than Celine. oh it's so much better than Celine. <laughs> uh it's like it's what celine could have been if celine wasn't cowardly hell yeah um i don't know do you have anything we could just talk about a movie we could just talk about a movie i'm not really uh if i want to talk about caligula overdose we're gonna have to do more than just a little bit on it Uh uh-huh yeah yeah that's it yeah cool go home Club. Uh, one day let's meet in the digital sea.
<sighs> I overslept. <laughs> by a little bit. Oh, uh, what time is it for you? Uh, I slept until like twelve thirty, twelve thirty, twelve forty-five, something like that. Oh, I I have no room to say anything. Whenever I don't have meaningful responsibilities of any kind, I don't wake up till like two p.m. So okay, okay. My my time is usually like eleven, more like twelve to uh, three a.m. is when I go to sleep. But yeah, that makes sense. I if I don't have anything to do the next day, I usually go to bed around six in the morning, five five to seven, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. But but I had a podcast to record today, so I should have gotten up earlier. No, that that's fair. My fault for not waking you up. No, it's not. You can't blame yourself, man. It's my I own. Can always blame myself. Foolish. I stayed up too late playing Caligula Effect because hell yeah, really trying to get done with another dungeon. I'm warming up on Caligula Effect, but I must say that the gameplay is still miserable. The gameplay is miserable. The dungeon design is. Fucking, like, the first two or three are fine, but when you get past the bathhouse, it's mostly miserable from there, as far as dungeon design goes. They're enormous. There's no reason. Ah, uh, it's, it's so bad. Trust me, though, when you start getting, like, deeper into the character episodes and the social links and stuff, like, you will understand why I'm so high on this game, I think. So far. So far, the high point for me is uh, the absolutely inexplicable rehearsed thorn dates. Oh, the, 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 those will hurt you. When you understand, they will hurt you. I'll regret my words and deeds. They're so funny. The, they are so good. Uh, it's good that you're doing the musician's route, because half the content in the game is locked behind it. Can You can actually like choose to side with the, the main party during that those missions. Uh, right. uh, okay, so basically, um, Thorn shows up, asks you, hey, do you want to learn about the musicians? And if you click no, you basically just play Caligula Effect 1 Hilarious. without the overdose content. Caligula Effect 2 has these moments where you can accidentally say something wrong and then get booted out of uh, a character store. Yeah, Overdose also has those has it so much more often. <laughs> yes. If you misclick once, you're locked out cool. and you have to reload to an hour earlier, like and, I did. Or so in, uh, uh if you talk to if you talk to either Arya or Mew, depending on whose link you're doing, uh they should be able to reverse it. Okay, okay. It's the same in two. Okay. You can talk to... Uh, I, it, they frame it, uh, like, in an uncomfortable way that makes me just reload anyway. No, just... no, that that makes sense. Though I, save beforehand. I, I do love how Arya tells you, by the way, you can't do this in real life, so don't use this as a crotch. Uh-huh. That is more or less what Key says in the second game. It's like, okay, she I can, says, I can says, like, this is kind of a violation of your friendship, isn't it? <laughs> She, okay, I think she it. says like I can I can manipulate their memory. It's a little like ethically dubious. Oh, okay. The, the real life. The uh, the Caligula one one is a little better because you're not manipulating their memory. You're going back in time, so uh, you're not violating them in any way, really. <laughs> uh huh. That still feels violating. 
Okay, I, I guess it kind of is, but I, I feel like it's less violating than like, oh, we're gonna manipulate your friend's memory. <laughs> I will say, my, my takeaway so far of Caligula Effect 1 is that it would be a better game if you were just playing as one of the musicians, uh, half believing in a cause, trying to build a utopia that was being torn around, down by a bunch of assholes. <laughs> That, that that I mean that's kind of what the musicians route is. So that that game is also in it. Just jettison the other half. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Uh I think you'll warm up on the go home club by the end. Okay. That's enough of that. <laughs> okay. I've warmed up now. Fen, how are you doing? Let's do zero three. Uh wait, wait, wait. Uh should we do like seven? Fen always says, like, either three seconds away from now and you're scrambling, or, like, 15, 20 <laughs> seconds and you're just waiting. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, okay, everyone's got it, let's just do it. And other times I'm like, well, I will give you enough time to get the page up. Yeah, that's... <laughs> uh -huh. I always guess wrong. <laughs> I'll be back someday. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Catherine, for coming on again. No problem. Thank you for guesting. No, I, I had a blast. Thank you both. Yeah, I'm glad you had so much fun. <laughs> we try to make it a fun five hours <laughs> for, to spend your whole weekend on. For real, for real. Okay, should I stop the recording now? Yeah, you can stop yeah. recording.